downright un-American. No patriot. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. It's all about the money. Anti-American. They want the money. It doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. Patriotism. Anti-American. They were like death. And un-American. 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 Treasonous. Period. Yeah, just why not? It doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. They want the money. I'll tell you something. Anti-American. Un-American. I mean, they certainly didn't seem to love our country very much. Right, un-American. Welcome to another episode of Un-American, the show about traitors, turncoats, and treasonous, where no fraud or grifter is safe. I'm Brandon, and I'm joined tonight by Franklin and Jim. How are you doing today, Frank? I'm doing great, Brandon. The weather has finally turned. Uh, it's fucking cold. It's finally. cold as shit. I love yeah. it. I, I'm starting to really enjoy myself. I am not. Uh, I'm it's a layer. Super cold yet? Not yet, but I'm a layers kind of guy. I do not. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't do good in shorts weather. I'm pretty sure I'm like anemic or something. So it's super fucking cold for me. <laughs> like I'm not enjoying. Like I know it's not cold enough for me yet. Oh, dude. I, See, I re- I refuse to break out my jacket. Like so, I'm. There, it gets to a point where I'm super cold, but I'm like it's brisk. I I'm like, like it. I got to wear my jacket in the morning and then in the evening, but I, not during the middle of the day because it still gets up into like the mid 60s. I'm the guy that wears like the hoodie in the morning in July. So like at this point where we're at like 40s and 50s, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, snowmen? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, how are you doing today, Jim? I'm good. I have a. Uh... An opportunity to move into oncology research. Uh, I have I had a first interview at WashU, and then this next week I'll interview with three doctors that are in the, within the program. Nice. And it's specifically on lymphoma, uh, one of the more deadly cancers. So it's neat to be working with that. I am going to be working with patients, so it'll be like kind of – like happy and sad in equal parts. Yeah. You'll either have remission or just like this sort of work, but it's not gone yet or, you know, the other outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like most very important either, jobs. You either, you have high highs and very low lows. Yeah. Yeah. E- either way, it's what I wanted to do since like mid college. Like I had two dream jobs. It was either working in cancer research or uh, with the microbiome, which is your gut bacteria. Right on. Well, and you could probably help me with that. So if you ever go into that route, that my, my I can't eat anything. That, that's, <laughs> Maybe that's why that, you're wrapping up so much. Yeah. You don't need the hoodie. Those studies are still like kind of in their biological infancy, if you can put it that way. Like the the most like I think most work on the microbiome started like ten years ago, which is nothing in science terms. Right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the uh, interviews and the step in the direction yeah. that you that you yeah, want to be in. For That's me, awesome. for me, if I get the job, it's going to be like getting called up to the show. You know. Like, yeah. 
making the NHL or making the MLB. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. Well, good luck on that, and congratulations again. Thank you. Um, I am also doing pretty well. Um, we started doing a new thing in my house, which is just really going to out me as a shitty person. Um, but it, And it's not new for my family. It's just new for me to be a part of it. But, like, we, so we started doing, like, family dinners. And I have – it's so stupid that I've never been involved in dinner. Like, I'm not, like, purposely not present during dinner. I just have, like – a seating arrangement where mine's on the couch in front of the TV because I watch the news too goddamn much. And, um, the, and so like, so we, I've stopped doing that recently. Like I've started to, we do a family meal. Another thing too, is that like, sometimes the kids will, like the kids get hungrier than Stacy and I. I have a lot of stomach issues too, so I'm like I'm not huge on um eating period because it usually sucks for me. So like I think that part of that is why I it, it's easier for me to just navigate away cuz if the family is eating some shit that I can't eat, which is most of anything edible um like i am just yeah. like i'll just eat later whatever i'm, I'm curious did you guys grow up with family dinners around the dinner table that's what's yeah. so stupid about this yes like did both, you really yeah. both of you did me yeah. I, I did not and so did my wife i in fact i before i before we sat down earlier today i asked her like hey did you have family dinners when you were young because i knew that i did and so i was like well this is completely ridiculous like i'm a piece of shit for breaking this <laughs> for my kids well like for me we like we lived in an apartment and then we lived or like right now we're in a 900 square foot house that we just don't have a table yeah so like hopefully whenever we move into a uh, a bigger house we'll have a table that we can all sit by because yeah i haven't we haven't had a table to sit at since like 2016, maybe. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, and that's and part of my thing too. Is just the way that ours is set up. There's chairs for the kids. There is an extra chair in there, but like usually, like there is not the extra chair there. And I and like not that I don't have chairs available to put there. I just had it like forever. It's been set up in a way where it's like this is conducive to you guys, and I'm fine over there. Like. And I feel with kids, too, like, once you get them both to the table to eat, that's your opportunity to go to the couch and, like, straighten up the living room or wherever they've been for the for, last hour. For me, too, I've always used it as, like, okay, so the the kids usually have the TV when it's on. Like, it's either off because we're not doing TV t time right now, or the kids have control of the TV, and it's always on some fucking YouTube bullshit cartoon or something PJ mask. <laughs> so when the kids are in the the kitchen eating dinner with stacy like that's my only time of the day where i can be like all right i got this for like 15 fucking minutes all right like, well, Blitzer, what's been going on in the news today yeah right and so like i've always used it that way but recently i've stopped doing that just because i think that my kids should experience family dinners and they like it so um like timothy tells me all the time that like he gets excited about everybody sitting down um that's neat and whatever so so yeah so i would say that that is my my silver i would say you week. could do that thing where you go around the table and be like tell me about your day today but like timothy would mon monopolize that time so quickly. oh my god phil would never get a chance to talk <laughs> no timothy man he, he describes everything in such yeah. detail oh, he's although ridiculous. that would be a great just to record that because i'd be interested in listening to that because his like it's he so funny around quite a bit see, even when uh 
when Jim, when you got here today, the guy was down here already. He started in describing the what video he was watching. And I could just hear him <laughs> up there. It's just like, look, okay, so Minecraft is like this, and this is what an Enderman is. <laughs> and then they'll chase you into their hidey hole. And like, it, but he tells everybody, like, we'll go through a, a checkout lane in a store, and he'll be like, look, so I got Mario Galaxy, and there's Goombas <laughs> in it. And when you jump on them, they flip upside down. Like, nobody, like, this lady's 89 teacher, years old. Man. She has no fucking idea what you're he, talking about. He already knows exactly what he's going to do when he grows up he's gonna be a teacher he's gonna no he's gonna be a game developer or a, <laughs> or a game that, player see the great thing where he's at the age where like no one's gonna tell him they don't understand what he's talking about because he's just young and cute and he's so enthusiastic no yeah about, and using words he shouldn't know what they mean no like he, mods like how do you know what a mod is i am it, like i am ridiculously uh proud of that kid too because he does watch a lot of like gaming shit but like to counteract that there are some. There's a lot of time. There's a decent percentage of time where, like, all right, Timothy, I get to pick what's on TV now, and so we'll do some like learning shit. And so he knows way more than he should. Like he's not. He like he's a smart four year old. He really enjoys like the intricacies of things. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Like, if you show him science, I can almost guarantee you he'll wind up being like a science professor. Oh yeah, like whether it be biology or yeah, chemistry. He, he does, and he loves like he he's very. Uh, curious about just everything like he'll ask me randomly like what words mean that like he hears me and stacy saying like from afar and i'll just be like dad what is unusual he might mean? even he might even be the like... next his generation's greatest theoretical physicist maybe i mean the kid like when discovery he, seems to be his shtick he does uh he is very much like me where in the sense that like he gets obsessive about things so like whatever it is and it's not always the same, and that's how I am. Like, I'll, so what you're saying is he's gonna go through a velour tracksuit phase, probably, <laughs> probably. I didn't know we were bringing that up on the podcast, but probably. Um, yeah, he could have a, a CD hanging around his neck at some point in the future. That wasn't a Halloween thing. That was just that wasn't a regular thing either. That was a joke thing. But that Echo shirt was really shit. So. Um, Anyway, so <laughs> with all of that nonsense out of the way, we are going to talk about two characters tonight. Um, we are going to talk about Senator Joe Manchin of uh, West Virginia and Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. Um, and the reason that we're going to talk about them is because Joe Biden hasn't accomplished his uh, his build back better agenda he yet. has not built it back better just he, yet he has not in a big part of the He's getting railroaded it by joe manchin and kirsten by two, by two yeah, individuals yeah by two individuals like it is a 48 and two uh it's a well yeah two people are whooping down 48 people really hard yeah um yeah it is it's ridiculous so we're we're gonna talk about these two characters um but before we do that i do want to take a moment and say if you like the show and you want to support what we're doing you can head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash unamerican and become a patreon patriot today bonus content is available there as well as merch and all kinds of cool stuff um you can get episodes early 
all kinds of all kinds of nonsense like that. And of course, we appreciate your support of the show. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> I'm gonna start doing from now on. <laughs> so with uh, that uh, with that pimpage out of the way, check out this Freudian slip. A special thank you to every single senator who voted to proceed on our motion this evening, demonstrating confidence in the process as we move forward and demonstrating a commitment to showing that bipartisan is alive and well and works in our country. Yeah, so uh, about that bipartisan nonsense, you can't even get your own party, Miss Cinema, uh, to agree on shit. So maybe we just don't talk about bipartisanship right now because right now it's not the Republicans. There's no such thing as bipartisan. Well, and I also think right? that no. she says bipartisan, what she means is I'm going to go across the aisle. And I'm going to fundraise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to be across the aisle. Yeah. That's where I'm at now. Um, I can tell you right now, like, their little stunt to seem more, like, centrist and not really willing to, like, upset any Republicans that they ha just so happen to be in their constituency isn't going to work. No. If if the Republicans in their district have a chance, have a choice to vote for them or Republican, yeah. they're going to vote for the Republican. This is the right. problem that I've said a hundred... Well, like, I've said to you guys, especially so many times, that like the centrist platform is don't ruffle any feathers and then we can chi we can chip off blocks... Which is a stupid platform. Tiny pl blocks of voters, and with those tiny blocks, we can win an election. Essentially, it's a stupid you don't do platform. your job at all. No. You're yeah. just like, I refuse for these reasons. <laughs> yeah. You make money by standing in the middle of the road and holding up traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I also... The, 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 the centrist platform should be, if something makes sense... Vote for it. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle it comes from. True. But yeah. we live in stupid world. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. Especially, I know we've all probably had conversations on the other pod about, uh, for four years, about <laughs> the Republicans uh, not liking Obamacare, voting against it 50-something times, and then when they got in, we realized they did not have a comprehensive goal that everyone was on board with. Right. It became very uh, obvious. Yeah. We're seeing the exact same thing happen now. Yeah. With this infrastructure, mm -hmm. we can't. Apparently, we thought we had everyone on the same page because, well, of course, they. And they, honestly, we would have if if Cinema and Mansion weren't in a position to be the deciding vote if they weren't put in that fucking yeah, uh, teeter totter position if, of the of the middle peg. If we had two more Democratic senators, this yeah, would matter. not be in a fucking issue yeah. at all. So, like, it's not really that the agenda because uh, isn't that what Bernie Sanders said at one point? We might get to it, but. Uh, like it's for it's not like we're a divided demo, demo, or democratic party. Yeah, it's two against the rest of us. Yeah, for whatever reason that clip was really hard to find, so we can talk about it now. But I mean, Bernie Sanders does did make that point that look if it, if if the disagreements in the budget and the disagreements in the infrastructure and the disagreements on all of these issues were twenty five senators versus twenty five senators. Okay, we need to find middle ground. We're talking about 48 to 2 with the support of 210 members of the House. They're like the idea that the that the 258 people need to bend to the will of two Democrats is ludicrous. Yeah. Like that's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to get into this fight about uh, we're mostly going to focus on the infrastructure bill that hasn't happened and the budget bill um, that the Democrats are trying to work 
the Biden agenda into. Okay, um, before we get too far into that battle, let's explain who or just do like a little brief overview of who our characters are. Um, so Joe Manchin is an American politician from West Virginia. He is a businessman serving in, in as the senior United States senator um, in West Virginia, a seat that he has held since 2010. A member of the Democratic Party, he was the 34, 34th governor of West Virginia from 2005 to 2010 and the 27th secretary of state of West Virginia from 01 to 05. Manchin's business interests include... Founding the coal brokerage, um, Enter Systems in, in coal brokerage Enter Systems, in which he owns one to five million of non-public shares. Um, he receives the largest coal, coal, oil, and gas industry donations of any senator. Manchin has called himself a moderate conservative Democrat and is often cited as the most conservative Democrat in the Senate. West Virginia has become one of the most heavily Republican states in the country, but Manchin has continued to seek electoral success. He won the 2004 gubernatorial election by a large margin and was reelected by an even larger margin in 2008. In both years, Republican presidential candidates won West Virginia. Manchin won the 2010 special election to fill the Senate seat vacated by incumbent Democrat Robert Byrd's death. Um, with 54% of the vote. He was elected to a full term in 2012 with 61% of the vote and re-elected in 2018 with just under 50% of the vote, as the state has become increasingly partisan. He became the state's senior U.S. senator when Jay Rockefeller retired in 2015. So that's a little bit about uh, Joe Manchin. A fun fact, when you just Google his name, Wikipedia does not come up on the first page, at least in my search, which is weird to me because anytime I Google anybody's, it's like the third. It's yeah, like all of his campaign shit comes up first. Like where you can donate to Joe Manchin is like the first five to seven links. Um, I thought that was weird because I don't think it's weird at all considering what you just read to us. <laughs> the fact that like he stayed alive in a Republican state during the Bush years. And not only won the first time, but got reelected by a higher margin. He is a really good snake in the grass at, at being able to sell. And that's why, because he can sell himself as this, as this, I am this conservative Democrat, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> he makes sense to me of the two. He Of, of what I know about their he, backgrounds, he, he makes way more sense about why he's doing this. He makes more sense and, to me, too. Yeah. Neither one of them makes sense to me. I don't know why they, why either of them call themselves Democrats. Um, but Joe Manchin makes more sense to me than Kirsten Cinema does. Here's a little bit about Kirsten Cinema. Fun fact, she her Wikipedia page pops right up. Um, Wikipedia? Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> sounded like I was from Arizona. Your West Virginia came out there. Yeah, maybe. Um, Kirsten Lee Cinema uh, is an American politician, a former social worker, and a lawyer serving as the senior United States senator from Arizona. A Democrat from Arizona, she served three times as a state representative for the 15th legislative district from 2005 to 2011. One term as state senator for the 15th legislative district from 2011 to 2012 and three terms as a United States representative for the 9th district from 2013 to 2019. Cinema began her political career in the Arizona Green Party and rose to prominence for her progressive advocacy, supporting causes such as LGBT rights and opposing the war on terror. 
She left the Green Party to join the Arizona Democratic Party in 2004 and was elected to a seat in the United States House of Representatives in 2012. After her election, she joined the New Democrat Coalition, the Blue Dog Coalition, and the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, amassing one of the most conservative voting records in the Democratic Caucus. She won the 2018 Senate election uh, to replace retiring Jeff Flake, defeating Republican nominee Martha McSally. Cinema is the first openly bisexual and the second openly LGBT woman um, after Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin to be elected to the House of Representatives and to the Senate in 2012 and 2018, respectively. She also was the first woman elected to the Senate from Arizona. According to the nonpartisan organization GovTrack.us, Cinema is the most conservative Democrat in the Senate and has a voting record rated more conservative than Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. During Donald Trump's presidency, she voted in agreement with him 50.4% of the time, the third highest of any uh, Democratic senator. That actually blows my mind that there were two more that voted with Trump more than that. Like, that's yeah. kind of crazy to me. Um, I'm sure history will judge them I'm, I'm, kindly. For yeah, that. I'm She's sure. like a breathing paradox. Yeah, she's someone to me who I th- like. This is what I hate about politics because she got into the Green Party at like a local level, and then she got successful. Which in politics means inevitably, if you want to keep going up, you're gonna have to sell out everything you believe in to join a bigger party and play ball. Right, which is what she's done, and she's learned it so fucking well that oh, she's, now she's she, now playing ball with the party. Yeah, there's she's a, not a Democrat. She wasn't even. She fucking left her older party to join this. Yeah, she yeah. she'll leave this party to join the Republicans if it suits her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you there. And the Republicans will put her up on a pedestal saying, like, look, we got an LGBTQ bisexual <laughs> candidate here. Yep, see, like, put her... We're not the party of bigotry. Put her on the hand, <laughs> the same hand with our black friends, and... <laughs> uh, yeah. They're already... She also... Uh, all, the she, GOP is already cinema, propping them up. Yeah, cinema... I don't... Cinema especially has this thing about she's not worried about getting primaried, which is why I think that she might be looking for an exit somewhat... Because, like most of her super PAC money, which she's raised a lot of, have come from has come from George Soros related. Well, and so like I can't imagine a lot of Republicans are going to vote for her once they like. I don't know, man. You'll wait until we later on. We're going to talk about where a lot of her money comes from currently. I, there might be an argument that Republicans could get behind it. Like, I mean, she is are. I'm actually surprised when I read the the stuff about Joe Manchin out loud that he is still considered the biggest um like the biggest special interest money taker in the in the Senate because she's got to be damn close. Like yeah. her the people funding her campaigns are not people that Democrats typically are. I, we shouldn't are even say that. We should rah, say rah, the, the the pockets of the people she is in like yeah. like yeah. 100%. So we're going to mm. start with this clip. Mostly we're going to focus on uh, the last like month and a half. But just to let Joe Manchin tell you who he is in his own words. Um, so January 6th happened, right? And was the the Georgia runoff election that, that brought us uh, Ossoff and Warnock was, was on the 5th. Right? Was on the 5th, right? Yeah, the day before. Yeah, so we were watching the morning of January 6th. We knew that we knew. We knew. Okay, yeah. so this is this first clip comes slightly before that, after Joe Biden has won the election, though, 
um, which happened on no- the official announcement was on Saturday, November seventh. I know that because it's also my brother's wedding anniversary, and so like I, I know what I was doing that day. I said to to my wife the other night that it would be funny if every time their anniversary came up, if I just texted like did a commemoration of Biden's win. Um, they <laughs> they didn't vote for Biden, so figured that would be funny um, to me anyway. So, uh, but this this clip comes from um, just after that announcement. So the following Monday, and this is on Fox News, Brett Baer show. Uh, he's interviewing Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin is like from the beginning, from before Joe Biden's presidency. Uh, this is what Joe Joe Manchin says, states his goal as, I guess, um, November 9th, 2020. It looks like those two races could be the control of the U.S. Senate with a tie then going to Vice President Harris. Uh, what do you tell people about that and concern about that, considering all we've heard about the progressive agenda? Well, there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of fear tactics are being used right now, Brett. If both of the Georgia uh, senators were elected from the Democratic Party, uh, then that would be 50-50 if both Dan Sullivan and Tom Tillis win. 50-50 means there's a tie. But if one senator does not vote on a Democratic side, there is no tie and there is no bill. So I commit to you tonight and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching. I want to lay those fears, I want to rest those fears for you right now because when they talk about whether it be packing the courts or ending the filibuster. I will not vote to do that. I will not vote to pack the courts, I think, and I will not vote to end the filibuster. Brett, this system, the Senate was so unique body in the world. It was made to work together in a bipartisan way. And once you start breaking down those barriers, then you lose every, every reason that we are the institution that we are, the most deliberate body. So I want to ra- lay those fears to rest, that that won't happen because I will not be the 50th Democrat voting to end that uh, filibuster or to basically uh, block, uh, stack the court. And then all the other things you're hearing about, Brett, also is defund the police. I don't know of any of the Democrats in the caucus that are for defunding the police. We're not for that whatsoever. And when they talk about basically uh, Medicare for all, we can't even pay for Medicare for some. Doesn't make any sense at all. We've got to fix the Affordable Care Act we have, and I think our Republicans, moderate Republicans, will work with us to now repair what needs to be repaired. Let me just clarify here, Senator. You're saying definitively tonight that even if Democrats take control and Chuck Schumer becomes the Senate Majority Leader, that they try to break the filibuster, say the filibuster is over, you will definitively vote against that. Absolutely. I will vote against that. They have, I've been very clear about that. Where was he being interviewed? Was he like in a grand hall by himself? He was in that. It was uh, echoing so bad. I think he was in the Capitol Rotunda, I would imagine. I've seen enough interviews from the Capitol <laughs> Rotunda. Because to, to, it, 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 I was listening to it. It didn't hit me until it went back to Brett Baer at the studio. Like, And that sound went away. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's he's got to be standing in the Rotunda because he's just echoing like crazy. There's so much open space there. Um, and they have apparently shitty mics. I don't know. I think it was designed <laughs> at a time where, like, you were just delivering a speech to a bunch of people, like, writing it down so yeah. they had to carry so an it, echo helped. Yeah. It's horrible for recording. It's it's especially bad when you're, like, when you're watching something on the news and people are, like, dropping shit in the background. And, camera, off, you and can't fucking, see it. And you everyone has slamming. a flash going. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's goofy. Um, also, like, yeah. yeah, how early was he just like planning this shit? Like, uh, we're, no, November 9th. We're not gonna get anything <laughs> done like, because, like, you can take that. Like, there's nothing technically wrong with what he said about we need to reach across the aisle. We need bipartisan support. Except, it, except it doesn't happen. It, it does, doesn't happen. Yeah, That's the problem. Work. Is that. His thing is like, well, we can't change any of these things Democrats want to change to break through the logjam to get something done. What I am saying is that we'll just get something done because we're the most deliberate body in the planet, which apparently means we spend 10 years not doing fucking shit. Right. Like, what have they done in the last 10 years? Obamacare? Not even Obamacare. That was... Yeah, that was uh, 2010. Okay, yeah. So a little over. In the last decade, had they really done anything except a tax cut for the rich? No, not not really. <laughs> and then a stimulus to keep the economy they, from imploding. I guess well, we got we got one, and then the second one was really hard. That took yeah. forever. But they, like, and but that was not even like them doing something nice. That was them doing the bare minimum to keep their economy from imploding. Yeah, yeah. the Mansion's entire response to Brett Bayer is, "Hey GOP, want some talking points to work with for the next four years." Say everything I'm about to say, because that's what it is. Like, I mean, he literally is using and I agree that like in theory, especially when Biden came in and like at this point in November, Biden was like, we need to come together because obviously there's division between the MAGAs and sane fucking people. And, you know, so he's like, we got to we got to be Americans again. And so like in that context, Joe Manchin doesn't sound that out of line. It's just like understanding the reality that everything yeah. you're saying is unicorns L- and butterflies listening to that yeah. clip and then where we're at right now well and that's the problem we've been talking about with biden's whole like sounds great joe that you want to reach across the aisle and i know you have a history of it you're betting on the fact that the political landscape of today isn't that much different than the 60s right when there was all that racial turbulence he thinks it's the same thing and i'm saying it's not yeah I don't think it is, and I think he's going to realize that when nothing gets done. We got shit done in the 60s and 70s in terms of legislation and fixed problems. Yeah, now, now it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what he says. The chant from the right is, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which, uh, fucking stop. Don't, yeah. don't do it again don't on the credence. show. Don't give him credence. Because I already went through it with Tucker Carlson. I'm so pissed you brought it up to me because I hear it now everywhere. I know. Like, yeah. I it well, you, can't, everywhere. you can't not see it because... The, like you know the the I did that stickers and the gas station pumps. Mm-hmm. Now let's go, Brandon. Stickers are directly underneath of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh... anyway. Stupid. So we're gonna jump now to the infrastructure fight because that's mostly what I want to focus on. There's a lot that we can go through, cinema uh, and mansions careers, and we can question and we can tear apart. I don't want to do another nine hour three part fucking episode right now so uh that doesn't mean that we won't talk about either of these characters in the future but what is uh what is in the news right now and the struggle that is happening currently and what is the most relevant right now i feel like it is this in the the infrastructure battle um tied with this this budget deal so just for a reminder uh, to you guys and and just for any audience member that isn't familiar with it, the infrastructure, first of all, infrastructure has been talked about for how long? 30 fucking how many, years? How many infrastructure was, weeks did Trump put on? I was going to say, right. it was uh, one of Trump's big talking points. He yeah. was going to fix the infrastructure. I think even later. Didn't do any Wait, of Wait, was it. that one of the days where he had all the McDonald's laid out? Was that infrastructure <laughs> no, week? No, I think, no. That, I think that, that was that Super was Bowl for, week. No, that was, that was for the uh, the... 
NCAA there, football national oh, championship. Why did he do that? Was there a strike? We're getting off topic. No, <laughs> he, he, that, that was their White House dinner. It was McDonald's. But, like, the White House has chefs, right? Like, yeah. I, was there something about, like, people quitting? Yeah, or, but the like, chefs in the no. White House don't put plastic in their food like McDonald's does. <laughs> so I, I would yeah. much rather a real nice chicken parm. Also, you know what? I love than, to eat McDonald's after it's been sitting. It's been driven to the White House, sat on a table all uh, delicately, a bunch of pictures of me taken. Like, oh, thanks, the cold oh, yeah, cheeseburger. Cold McDonald's. <laughs> this oh, shit God. goes cold after get a heat lamp come 30 on. seconds yeah. off the you grill. have to yeah. eat it in the car otherwise I, it I will, will be cold i will not let someone DoorDash me at mcdonald's because like what is the point no if i want to eat cardboard i can do it at home yeah no shit turns out plastic doesn't hold heat <laughs> so um so we're gonna talk about this infrastructure battle and it's been going on for fucking 30 years way before uh, Biden way before this Congress, it's several Congresses, right? Yeah. Well, the bridge and roads were shit when we were growing up, right? So like, it's been at least thirty it's, years. It's been, yeah. and I think even later in the show, Mansion's gonna say thirty years. Eisenhower um, built all this crap. And it hasn't been touched since. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's like wild to believe it was ever paved because now it's just like chunks are going out of it. Yeah, and it I looks mean, more like, like if, gravel. And if you live in a place like Missouri or Illinois, like they're just throwing band aids on it. Yeah. <laughs> have been for 50 years. No shit. Um, well, Kirsten Cinema wants you to believe in f- faux victories, I guess. Um, on July 29th, the Senate uh, voted that they would. Um, they voted to vote on the infrastructure bill, which is bullshit. They set a date to vote on it. They, they, no, they voted for the process of the infrastructure bill to be voted for. Why is that even a thing? It shouldn't be a thing. It fucking shouldn't that be a thing. That must be like a Robert's Rules of Order thing. Yeah. Like, we like, all have to take the minutes meticulously. We, we talked about the same page. Yeah. Filibusters came up recently, like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I didn't, uh, wasn't Ted Cruz's filibuster Fake. in one of those? It, it yeah, was, it yeah, was he, on a motion to vote. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then he immediately ended up voting for the motion to vote and then voting against and, the actual vote. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't even a fucking filibuster. It was a agreement he had with Harry Reid that I'm yeah. going to let you talk Just for let me 20 do the hours. Show voting. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking dumb. It wasn't even what he looked like. My children was. cry when I read them a book. Anyway. To sleep, so. <laughs> so, July 29th, uh, Congress votes that they're going to vote later. And Kirsten Cinema's really wants you to be excited about it. We just left the floor of the United States Senate where we had a strong and broad bipartisan showing to move forward on this historic legislation which will be the greatest investment in infrastructure in all of our lifetimes. And it came not so much because folks were interested in their bridge or their road or their piece of the middle mile of broadband, but because each of us are deeply committed to demonstrating to the country and to the world that our government can work and it can work for the people of the United States of America. And we intend to show over the coming days as we work through this bill together in a collaborative process on the floor of the Senate to continue to demonstrate that we can do things together. We can engage in bipartisanship. We can deliver results. You know, the word in this town and all across this country from the naysayers is that bipartisanship is dead, that it doesn't work anymore, and that government is broken. And we are here to say, no, it works. It takes time. It is hard. It causes Susan not to sleep, but we get it done. So that last comment, just to clarify, is about Susan Collins, who is also about to talk after her at this press conference. There's a, there's a handful of 
Democrats and Republicans there. I think uh, Rob Portman is there. Joe Manchin is there. Susan Collins is there. The people who always hang up their party. Like, because Susan Collins right. and Lisa Murkowski, as I read earlier, like, when we were talking about how they vote or how cinema votes with the Republicans more than Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, like, they play the same game where yeah. they're just going to hang up their fucking party. Um, they just aren't in they the the most recent time that it happened they weren't at a fifty fifty split so it didn't really fucking matter if they were against Trump or whatever yeah Kirsten Cinema's bullshit about the naysayers other than the CARES Act which was fucking forced because like a pandemic fucking happened Trump still was reluctant didn't want to do anything but like it got to the point where it was like well businesses are going to shut down the economy with that or without the government your, like big ach- yeah. accomplishment they forced his hand yeah, yeah. so it became the- this thing where it was like we're going to shut down we're going to send our employees home that's why the cares act is probably the only bipartisan thing that's the only thing i can think of that was like truly bipartisan where the Republicans yeah. and the Democrats were like, you know what? We have to fucking act and we have to act fast. And they certainly in my adult life, it's the only thing they here's what pisses me off about Congress. They passed that worked out like ironed out the details and got that first stimulus stimulus check out in uh, in 2020. And the whole process took like four weeks from like the time that they passed it. To the time that they like actually wrote up the the uh, verbiage, to the time that it got deposited into our bank account, it was like four or five weeks. Shit can happen quick in this country if the Congress wants to do its fucking job. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't like her saying the naysayers <laughs> are wrong. Like the naysayers have been saying this for thirty years. Well, you don't, so at what do point you, do you keep saying it's gonna happen? It just takes time. How much time? What perverted joy does she think we get out of being like I this like, process is broken? I feel yeah. like these people out just of live our on... roads are not fucking drivable. Our bridges are dangerously out of date. Just like yeah. does a does a fucking school bus have to go like that's what's eventually gonna happen. A bridge is gonna give out. We've already seen it. The fucking like how many Minneapolis bridge? When was that? Not too long ago. Uh, uh, did the condo just give out too? Yeah. Two thousand seven. Because I was at the military end processing yeah. uh, station. Didn't the condo just come out in Florida too? It's multiple. Ago? We've seen yeah. multiple uh, complexes and shit like that yes, go down. Fall now, down. Now like, I don't think that necessarily fits into the infrastructure. No, but like I, that's private. Eventually, a, a bridge people. is gonna like a school bus full of kids is gonna fucking fall off. Like a bridge is gonna crumble and it's gonna kill a bunch of people. Like and, is that what we have to happen before they'll finally do something? And even so, outside of the conversation of infrastructure. Show me where when bipartisanship happens. Like yeah. I, I don't even we don't even have to be talking about infrastructure. When you other said, than the CARES Act, which was the only you know the time, only thing I think before then because we've covered it on this podcast. It was right after nine eleven. It was going to war. Was the last time you had that many people that quickly on or not even that quickly that many people on one side of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, would have been I, right after nine eleven. Which like the, how many times has the Congress changed since then? Right, so fucking several. It, uh, I don't know if it would be ten, it, but it would probably be ten, right? Because you talk about. I mean, you, two, yeah. I mean, four, look at the Demo- the Democrats alone yeah. went from being Clinton uh, united under Clinton to united under Obama, to to back to kind of being united under Clinton, but not really. I just don't like the I, I don't like the dismissive naysayer term from her because like. There, we don't. We're not gaining anything politically, and out of saying that this doesn't work, we just want it to fucking work. Honestly, prove me wrong. Do something. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I'm pretty confident that you're not going to. So uh, um, one of the things that's going to, I think, be kind of uh, weird or interesting about this episode is that so much of this infrastructure and budget fight has happened behind closed doors. We don't have, like, throughout this process, we get bits and pieces of information, but, like, no, at no time, I I think, in the last, like, six months or whatever, can you, can the three of us sit down and be like, hey, you know what's in the spending bill? You know what's in the, and, and then list off what is in there. Like, a lot of this shit's yeah. happening behind closed doors. So we're going to jump forward to September, um, because at this point, because between July, like pretty much all through August, everything was just kind of quiet. That shit was happening behind closed doors. We knew that there were disagreements. We expect at this point that Joe Manchin's going to be a pain in the ass on ev- any and every fucking issue. Um, yeah. So we assume that they're not all on board, but we don't really know what's going on um, until um, Joe Manchin starts getting starts doing like media shit in in. Like at the beginning of the fall and in September, he starts really getting asked about because now we're at a point in September where it's like, how long have you guys been talking about infrastructure? Isn't that like one of the first things Biden started talking about when he came in? Where are you guys at? Why haven't you passed anything? So we're going to go to this interview from uh, that Manchin did with CNN uh, with CNN's Dana Bash. And we'll just kind of let Manchin tell us in his own words and, and you know, we can uh, go along with him. And I have a feeling we're all going to be pissed at the end of this. Your party leader, Chuck Schumer, says he's moving, quote, full speed ahead with this package. Will he have your vote? And that's fine. He can't. He will not have my vote on 3.5. And Chuck knows that. And we've talked about this. Um, we've already put out 5.4 trillion. And we've tried to help Americans in every way we possibly can. And a lot of the help that we put out there is still there and it's going to run clear until next year, 2022. What's the urgency? What's the urgency that we have? It's not the same urgency that we have with the American Rescue Plan. We got that out the door quickly. That was about $2 billion, $2 trillion. And on top of that, you know, all the things we've had with the CARES package, everything leading up to that. So we have done an awful lot, and there's still an awful lot of people that need help, but you have 11 million jobs that aren't filled right now. 8 million people are still unemployed. Something's not matching up. Don't you think we ought to hit the pause and find out. So, uh, something I should have set up a little bit better, um, just to, just so you kind of know why all of these things are getting, uh, kind of in, entangled together. So, they, the Congress overwhelmingly has agreed on spending for infrastructure. Like, a ton of them have like almost all of them in fact like the i believe the house and the senate both have the votes to pass the infrastructure bill the progressives want biden's agenda tied to the the bill so through the process of reconciliation what they're going to do is they or what they want to do is they want to pass both bills at the same time they want the infrastructure bill which most of congress agrees on um, and has the votes to pass uh, they want that to be voted on, and they want the the uh, upcoming budget bill to be voted on at the same time. And in the budget bill, they want to basically cram um, Biden's agenda in as full capacity as they possibly can. Like, that's the goal of the, the progressives, because I think they think that if we don't... 
if we don't get Biden's um, agenda, if we don't get any of Biden's agenda put into this, then we're, we're a failure ha- in the midterms. Well, well, in, in we the midterms, and, and then we're probably looking at tr- Trump 2024. Right. Um, the problem is, though, that like... So that's there. It's never going to. Why is it so hard to do it separately? It's so hard to do it separately because the progressives know that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema aren't going to vote for the Biden agenda. They're not going to vote for social spending. So we just just harped on bipartisanship. Figure it out. Get get some things in agreement and others that just aren't going to happen. Right. And that's and piecemeal it. That's fine. I would argue um that the, so the original proposal from the progressives to pay for Biden's agenda was 10 trillion they not like that got knocked piecemealed to 6 trillion then to 3.5 trillion here we have Joe Manchin refusing 3.5 trillion so how many times do you knock it down for one or two people and and still like because Dude, it, pass the infrastructure by itself. Yeah. Well, if this you is pass also, the infrastructure by itself, though, there is no leverage to get any of Biden's to get agenda any of Biden's so agenda. So we're just sacrificing the American people for it. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also don't. <laughs> there is no oh, no win of a no win agenda though, because I don't think they're gonna get. I don't know that Biden. There's we plenty of things about... that make sense across the aisle within his agenda, so you can figure this out on on points that we agree on, points that we don't. You can get some things passed. Not all of it's going to pass. True. It's a pie in the sky idea to think that. I all think of it the is problem pass. though is that, and you're sacrificing the infrastructure of the American or what belongs to the American people, the infrastructure of the United States, are to you, try to get that. Are you sac- stupid? Are you sacrificing it, or is Joe Manchin taking it hostage? Because that is like from my personal perspective, which doesn't matter. I'm telling the story. The story you can view it however you want. I view it personally as Joe Manchin taking the American people hostage because we understand. So it's really only him. He's the only person holding it up. And and Kirsten Cinema. But it's a principally, four, yeah. I mean, it's a forty-eight to two, like. 48 senators are on board with both bills being passed. And we could have already 200, done 210 House members are, including, I believe, 19 Republicans, are on board with the pa- like the the packages as they go. It might be nine, not 19 Republicans, but there is Republican support in the in the way that the progressives want to pass this. I think the progressives fear that if that Joe Manchin, who votes with the Republicans, and Kirsten Cinema, who votes with the Republicans, if they only pass the infrastructure bill, Biden's agenda goes nowhere. The Democrats lose the midterms. The Democrats lose the White House. And from my perspective, if the Democrats lose to Trump Republicans in the midterms, and then Trump or Trump Republicans in like the country's fucked like the country's in a president consi- matt gates yeah the, cons- <laughs> the country is in a considerably more dangerous you vulnerable already spot. what republicans are doing now with redistricting and or are, the, how democrats are already fucked for midterms and for voting like, right 
Because the only way, like, what one guy let the cat out of the bag and essentially said during an interview, look, like, uh, if we don't redistrict, we're screwed. Like, we can't win elections. Right. Like, that is how they win elections is, is not get, people is a people not voting because the more people vote, the more people vote Democrat and they tend to lose with higher turnouts. I just think that like I, I, I agree with both points. Like I, I'm not just outright shitting on. But I also think that like that you're a fucking optimist and that you that like the way the process should work is the way you said, Jim, it, it, like you should be able to piecemeal this. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Get uh, some shit in, done. I just don't. I think that, in my absence of the past couple episodes, I've almost completely tuned out on politics. I and it's been it's been good for my mental health. Is, <laughs> right, I'm sure yeah. that it probably has. That break. Yeah. Um, so like, I just think I that, was completely ignorant to the fact that he's literally the only person holding all of this up. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's 48 to two in the Senate. Like it's Kirsten Cinema too. I don't want to. We're gonna focus a lot more on Joe Manchin than Cinema because I think that that's. But like because I think that she's not as important in the grand scheme of things. But she shouldn't also go blame free. Like no, she's a big. At all. She's but a big part also, of this. Just to go back to hit that last, <laughs> that last clip with Joe Manchin. Fuck him for his like. There's eight hundred. There's eight million people unemployed and eleven million jobs. We gotta stop and figure out why. I can tell you why. Yeah. Because no one wants to work for stagnant fucking starvation yeah. wage, man. Yeah. Like, this isn't a new concept. It's just, like, people took a year and a half off work and realized that, like, Those oh, Those 11 yeah, million open I'm, jobs right now are pieces of crap. Yeah. And, and, and now, do you see what, like, McDonald's is doing? Like, hiring 14-year-olds, but they're, they're like, scaling the pay. So if you're older, you make twelve fifty an hour. But if you're 14... In fifteen, you make eight fifty an hour. That's fucked. I can't believe that's legal. That you, you can only pay work, people differently. You can only work so much too. Yeah, you can only work certain hours, age. but still, like, isn't the work during those hours the same work? Yeah, yeah. I think by the end, I'm gonna ask you again how you feel about the standoff between the progressives and Joe Manchin, because I think after we go through this episode, I we, think he's an idiot. But like, I, I don't think it's. Do you think it was clever of Biden to? Because it looks like it backfired in hindsight to. Uh, to choose like just funding shit as the way to pass his agenda, instead of laws, trying to pass laws instead of uh, the stroke of a pen with a uh, when, when he was in his fury of fucking pre- uh, I mean, presidential there, decrees, whatever the fuck we call them. There's only so much you can do with executive so, orders. Executive orders. It, thank you. Is it just his budget that they're trying to attach to this that you're calling his agenda? It, well, they're trying to. So, like, so what they what they're putting into his budget is it, they want to expand. The uh, social safety nets. They want to add money for um, climate change related, th- or like for they want to pass incentives for businesses to um, to go to clean energy. Uh, they want to tax billionaires. Um, they want to. They, they, so if they want to, they want to pass incentives for clean energy, like for instance, solar panels. I knew I know people that. Like, they made their living for, like, five years here in Missouri installing solar panels. Yeah. Because it was a thing. Yeah. And now those incentives th- those incentives hasn't, haven't existed for, what, like, five, six years? It's been, it's been a minute. Something, yeah. yeah. But nobody has those jobs installing solar panels right now because nobody's paying for it. Right. So, you'll create jobs. Yeah. 
Well, you know this thing that we're bitching about about eight million people not being in work. Right, Joe Manchin God is forbid we fuck. create jobs. If Joe Manchin half his money comes from coal, like studies have and after study has proven, coal jobs are not coming back. It's just too, not cost effective right. enough as an energy source. Like, well, we'll to get ever come back to what it was. We'll get into it later um, in this interview, uh, but he has some. He has. Of course, some, he's uh, a West Virginia. Uh, politician he is good at lying to coal miners about the fact that their jobs are going to come back and it's going to be the heyday back when they used to get buried in the 30s yeah he and uh, just i don't know why anybody die. wants a job mining coal do we also oh, remember shit. like we used to put kids in coal mines and yeah it was like that's not a glorious job it's a job we should do away with yeah it's a horrible fucking like uh. i just think it's do you want to you want to like ig- exasperatingly cre- increasing chance of dying every day go work in a coal mine yeah <laughs> the black lung literally um, be a canary. Well, like we got respirators and everything now but you know but those also kill you it's yeah, well, <laughs> so it's it's dark down in there there's vehicles running around yeah the whole thing can collapse on itself right. i've seen time. enough horror movies to know what goes on down below <laughs> in, in the hidey hole um so one of the things that i think is interesting um, is that Joe Manchin always knows what he doesn't want. I think you'll find that throughout this episode, that Joe Manchin knows what he doesn't want, and it makes me wonder, then what do you want? He's not ready to tell you, but he'll tell you what he doesn't want. The vulnerability that we have, Dana, right now, we don't know what happened with this COVID. It's awful coming back the way it is with the vengeance. We don't know about inflation. We know it's running rampant right now. I can tell you in West Virginia, inflation's running rampant. And on top of that, the challenges we're going to have, geopolitical challenges, shouldn't we be prepared? So I want to ask you about a lot of that. But are you saying it's the price tag, it's the timeline, both? It's the urgency. Do we have the urgency to do what, what they're wanting to do in such a quick period of time? But can you, can you be specific? Okay, let's, just, let's talk about the, the dollar sign. Yeah. Do you have a specific number in mind? Here's a number you should be getting to. First of all, I have agreed to get on to the reconciliation because that's the time for us to make financial adjustments mm-hmm. and changes. I thought the 2017 tax tax code and tax law the way it was changed was very 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 unfair and it was weighted to the heavy to the wealthy. So what's the number? And the bottom line is what the number would be what what's going to be competitive in our tax code. I believe that the corporate rate should be at 25 not 21. But what's the overall number for the budget you know, bill? I think that you're going to have to look at it and find out what you're able to do through a reasonable responsible way. So then how do you know that it's not 3.5? It's going to be at 1, 1 1.5. We don't know where it's going to be. So you think ballpark 1, 1.5? It's not going to be at 3.5, I can assure you. What a fucking weasel. Yeah, he is. When asked about a number, he has to go back to three years and be like, let me pick a random number from back then. Here's the thing. Your job as a senator is to fucking write this shit up and make it work, right? And to figure out what your... What you can handle and in terms of government spending. He doesn't spending. have anything to add to the conversation. Not He's just going to vote no, yeah. no matter what. What? No matter yep. what. That and that's my biggest problem is that like okay, so if we want to argue about this all day, and for months and months and years and fucking decades, um, we can we can do that. Like we can debate where the money comes from and how programs are written and what it's going like, to do to inflation. But somebody actually has to come to the fucking table and write their idea down. Yeah. Like, they can't just be like, nah, that doesn't work for me. Well, what would work for you? Not that. 
Okay. That is not so, a negotiate no. negotiation. Like that is not how it works. That's a Trump negotiation. Yeah, that's, that's just like I have, no, I have no idea what Actually, I'm fucking talking I, about. Unironically, that is the art of the deal. That is how you fucking screw people over. Yeah. And he, Joe is very good at that. Yeah. Um, says no over and over again. Yeah, it's just it's really dumb. Like, I just love her like losing her temper there, being like, Can you give me a number? Like in the middle of, like she didn't even let him finish. No. She's like, All right, you're just distracting me to try to get me off the yeah. fact that I asked you for a solid number. It, it's ridiculous. He's got And more- I love her point of like how can if you don't know the number and you can't tell me what you're comfortable with, how can you tell me it's not three point five? Well, in in a little bit we're gonna get Bernie Sanders gets pretty pissed off about that. And so we're gonna listen to one of his press conferences later. Um because because as time is going on, the I, say, I, I love listening to Bernie. I, I do too. I love Bernie listening has, to Bernie. I was going to say earlier, Bernie, uh, especially in the last like three months, that period of time you were talking about earlier, Brandon, where we didn't really hear what was going on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. What we heard was Cinema and Joe coming out and giving their speeches, and then what we heard from. The collective Democrats was Bernie coming out. Yeah, like Biden didn't really. I mean, he said a couple of Biden, things. He'd be asked about it. But, Biden didn't say shit for months. Yeah, like. but it was always Bernie coming out, and like I love Bernie for that. His ability to come out and just be like, I fucking hate everyone in this party. Yeah, I think I think I identify with Bernie in that respect because I'm like I hate yeah. everyone except for no, you guys. I fucking he, hate he's everyone. He's so tired of everybody not Bernie, getting anything done. Yeah, <laughs> Bernie. It strikes me as what would happen if you give if you put an idealist up in, uh, in a pessimistic world. One of the biggest oh, mistakes. That is, that's that, all it is. I, like, he's I eternally. Would be, I would be Bernie if I was put in the Senate. I I would be him. Yeah. Yeah, I could see like, that. God, I I would I'd, not be nearly that popular because I would have broke a long time ago and just oh, been like, "Fuck yeah. y'all." I'm you're, just saying I would be at his current state the minute I got there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Your optimism would immediately drop off. Like, oh, yeah, we're gonna not be a personality. Trait we get a anymore. Photoshop uh, Jim's head onto that Bernie mitten photo. <laughs> <the> Fuck yeah, <laughs> that needs to be our podcast. That, that's Christmas our Christmas card. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We're doing that. Um, I bet there's an app that puts your oh, face. Oh, I'm there. sure. I we didn't have to do, uh, try very hard. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's a, I, there's already an, there's an app that you can put them in any photo. I'm sure you yeah. can easily put your face. One in of there. the biggest mistakes that I I made in or at least like maybe not. I mean, everybody can ju- judge it their own way. But like my one of my personal defeats that I that I like commonly wish that I would have done differently is that I did not. I was late to jump on the Bernie train in 2016 when I should have. Um, I wasn't. I was never a big fan of Hillary Clinton, but I also didn't think that in America, and in America before I knew what Trump was capable of, that anyone could get up and call themselves a socialist and be taken seriously because it was like that's not where this country is. This country is scared of that word and they don't know what it means. And so, like, oh, I man. kind of, five I, years later, same place. Oh, and they are, and yeah. Only now, I'm more pissed about it, and I'm like, you guys don't fucking know what you're talking about. I love my favorite clip of Bernie ever, and it's a, it's a gif. Is whenever he's on that, uh, he's on. I, I forget what show it is, but he, <laughs> I know what you're and, talking about already. He, he's just sitting there, all calm and collective, and then he says socialism, socialism. but he, but he like. <laughs> He, he like does the jump, boo, the boo like jump, a, like a jump scare towards yeah. the guy that's interviewing yeah. him. <laughs> Socialism. That's so good. Um, yeah. So Joe Manchin has some more Republican talking points he wants to float at you. But with that, whatever it is, once you have a competitive tax code that you can compete globally, and then you should look at what the need is. What's the urgency and the need that we have? And I'm, again, I want to get sure. to that, but just because this is this is I, the I this is the give... thing that people consume. Do you have a ceiling? 
I, my ceiling is this, the need of the American people and for us to basically take in consideration inflation. Mm -hmm. No one's concerning about the debt. You know our debt as of Friday was $28.75 trillion. And we're not even talking about that. No one's talking so one, about that. So you just said 1.5. It sounds like 1.5 trillion I'm just saying that basically, well, I've looked at the numbers. If we have a competitive tax code from a non-competitive, it doesn't help the working person that was done in 2017, that's in the one, one and a half range, okay? If that's where it is, shouldn't you be looking at what does it take now to meet the urgent needs that we have that we haven't already met. He keeps talking about debt and tax code. Like, does he think that a tax code is going to save this country from debt? It's not going to happen, No, man. not at all. Well, and, and the tax code is not affected by this. It is, is that what he's wanting to do? He's wanting to rewrite the 2017 tax code with this bill? I think he's just saying things that he knows that his big business donors are going to like to hear. Yeah. But he's, like, coding it in this, like, weird, I'm going to, like, speak in circles bullshit where like it doesn't mean anything i don't understand from his interview which like this is the full interview like we're putting him in his own context i don't understand what competitive tax rate means in the context that he is using it no. because he's jumping from nationally to globally competitive well and, and like he's just he's weaseling his way around using just like well, talking he, points. He kind of like, seems to say like the reason I won't go to three is because of inflation, which is like, all right, we can talk about inflation. But the other thing is like the the corporate tax rate. He seems to be tying it to this idea that like it, in order to get to three, we would have to have corporations pay, footing more of the bill. And the only way to do that would be to take care of what Trump did in 2017, which if that's, is but that I, what he's like, saying? What, I think you're putting more thought it into it than inflate? he is. It's going to inflate road construction materials. Yeah. Like, which are already what, like well, as an, high, no, as an okay. average person. again no because remember we're we're talking in the context that the infrastructure and the spending bill are together so it's going to inflate those social programs it's going to inflate um, like there's going to be incentives paid to different companies for different things there's like it is a lot of money and that's where the 3.5 trillion comes from is that like we're not just talking about i want to say that the infrastructure bill itself is like one point something trillion and then the rest of it is the would be the spending package so when we're talking about 3.5 trillion that's assuming that the two bills are packaged together that would be so like when he says that it is going to like that the, when he claims that it's a lot of spending for different things, it's not just for like road materials and shit. It is for we're talking about like expanding Medicare. We're talking about um, uh, affordable housing. We're talking about uh, college tuition and shit like that. That's what the progressives are are trying to tie into this, which I think it's crazy that it's weird to me to say that the progressives are doing this when it's Biden's agenda. Like the the progressives are literally took everything that Biden said in his campaign shit and was like, let's do that stuff. They're not asking for more. It's yeah. not far left. It's what Biden said. But now all of a sudden it's getting turned into. So really like in a seven degrees from Kevin Bacon kind of bullshit way, Joe Manchin is calling Biden a progressive, a leftist, because that's all the left it's is asking. Yeah, yeah, it's all the left is asking for is what and Biden said. We might as well accept it now. We're not going to get it. We're going to get it. The a, most like, we no, might toast. get 1.5. And the we'll be most, lucky to because of those two assholes. Yep. The absolute most milk toast Democrat that we have right now is being called a, 
aggressive. Uh, not yeah. not outright, but that is that is the connotation that he's making by yeah. saying that these are far left things. No, they're not. These are Biden things. Yeah. Like he's implying it's some kind the of the left, left doesn't or, like Biden because he's not left enough. Yeah, <laughs> like. You know, Can you like imagine Bernie 30 Sanders? years ago, you'd be I, a conservative. Fuck, I right. understand why Bernie Sanders hates this guy so much because as the, the guy that it was true left of Biden, for this guy to be like, oh, look at Biden and his lefty agenda, I'd be fucking Bernie sitting there being like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I am the leftist. <laughs> right. I have the radical idea. That is like center I, of the road. We're not going to get any actual help once this is done. I'm also completely unimpressed when Joe Manchin or anyone, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, when they start talking about how much the debt is at, like, I don't fucking care. No. Like, I'm not impressed by that because you know what? No matter who's in power, they want to spend more fucking money. Yeah. They want to add more money to that shit. And so, I, like, I don't want to hear you take the high road. Let's worry about our children and grandchildren. Fuck you. You don't care. Like, yeah. I'm just tired of that as a talking point. Like, if you want to get serious about it. It's also pretty it, rich for a guy that... It takes a whole bunch of money from coal yeah. that he's worried about his children and grandchildren. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, the guy who doesn't want to tax billionaires so that his kids can work for fucking starvation wages, but his kids won't have to because he's got billionaires' money in his pocket. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not impressed with the with the debt bullshit um, it, or how much the, the the current price tag is at. Just I just don't care. You know what else I'm not? The, I, how it's paid for? is something that gets argued about over and over again. Dana Bash is going to challenge Joe Manson um, with at least what is being talked about in Congress. We'll see how he responds to it. Okay, so let's uh, talk about how this would be paid for. The White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, told me on this show Mm -hmm. last week that you are, quote, very persuadable (laughs) on this budget bill because he says it will be paid for. It won't add to the debt. It won't add to inflation. Well, if you're paying for it with inflated numbers from the standpoint, is the tax code. The numbers that they're wanting to pay for it and the tax changes they want to make, is that competitive? Does it keep us competitive or not? I believe there's some changes made that does not keep us competitive. Meaning don't increase the well, I'm, don't increase taxes on I'm, corporations? I'm just, no, no, I want to increase taxes on corporations. I've spoken to corporations. So what, I want so the what wealthy, specifically are you I want you the saying? wealthy to play their fair share. But if you're up higher to the point to where you are that can be competitive globally, then it's going to be counterproductive. Everyone's looking at this in a whole complete different way than I think maybe I am or other people or other people are just keeping quiet. The bottom line is, do we have the urgency to spend another $3.5 trillion right now? The most urgent thing that we have to do is get the bipartisan infrastructure bill that's gone left unattended for over 30 years, deferred maintenance throughout every part of our nation, that's the one. The president went out and campaigned on that. That's his bill. We worked it in a bipartisan way. Got 19 Republicans to vote for it. That's the bill that should go out immediately. Okay, so uh, that's a neat, sneaky way of saying it, that, oh, the, the president went out and he, he campaigned on this. He literally campaigned on everything that is in question here. Everything. Immigration, so, uh, so, uh, social safety net programs, Every single thing that is being talked about in this conversation, because the two things are tied together, is everything that Biden campaigned on. So Joe Manchin doesn't get to pick and choose when he's... He he wants the tax code to be competitive globally to where businesses won't leave 
and go to those countries is is what he's getting at. But is that really what he's voting against? No, I don't think so. I think he's voting. If you're asking me my personal opinion, I think he's voting to say that he's not a leftist. Like, because the progressives want something, which is what Biden wanted, which actually makes the progressives less progressive. But Joe Manchin is viewing it as if Biden is more progressive. Is that like, right? Like that be- because AOC attached her name to it. Yeah, it's more progressive. Sure, probably whatever. Um, as if that rewrites the words. It really it. That's a. I like that you make that connection to the the more that AOC gets attached to shit the more I like her because I'm just like you know what you're starting to make more sense than all these old crusty fuckers <laughs> like I, I don't I think people's lives would be better if the things you were attached to came to fruition yeah um yeah I just I don't know Joe Manchin is, is the thing is too like even if he wants a competitive tax rate and his idea is that like we don't want businesses to leave Nothing that you're going to do is going to stop that because at the end of the day, taxes in if you can move your corporate office to like fucking El Salvador or some shit, you're gonna be skating taxes. Yeah, wasn't in the Google in Ireland for a while because they had a zero percent tax even, rate? It's like, literally yeah. not even that now. Like there are havens, there are like tax free yeah, havens in the United States, in Delaware, Puerto Rico, in there, like Delaware. You moved, if you moved <laughs> like, to, in the United if States, if you move to Puerto Rico, you pay like less than twenty percent if you're a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. which is so why it doesn't. Uh, Peter Schiff, the Wall Street guy, moved to Puerto Rico. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Like it's one of those things we were complaining about on the old show back in the day was when we. We were talking about the tax code in 2017 is that it's not going to bring any company back to america no uh, like and whether it, it's 35 percent or 20 percent, it doesn't matter unless you're like and they're paying zero percent and <laughs> it's not gonna stop anyone from leaving either and if they tell you that it will stop them from leaving that's because you're a victim of blackmail yes like they are literally blackmailing you they're shaking it, you down yeah for a better deal right and then they're gonna leave anyway just like our fucking sports team <laughs> basically yeah. if, if he passes this he's gonna lose coal money Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's what and it that's comes why, down to, What's right? ironic about that is, like, whoever is interviewing, is, it, is this Dana Bash still? No. Uh, yeah. Dana yeah, Bash? She hit the nail on the head when she's like, whoever described you as very persuadable, that is true. When you are talking about money in his pocket, yeah. that is what persuades him 100% of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel I, like I, we could replace, okay, how about this? You know how the Nirvana baby is suing? Yeah. We know Joe Manchin <laughs> likes money. So we just change the dollar bill into a stack of money, and then a naked Joe Manchin on the cover from now on. I, I think Kurt that's would our Christmas card. <laughs> um, all right. So this next clip, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of context too. He is talking about uh, social uh, safety net programs, and he's kind of like tying it into the stimulus, which I kind of take an issue with because the stimulus wasn't as like that was a that was a necessary evil i guess if you want to call it that because like you sent the whole fucking country home you shut down like, that was a once in a century thing right it was a, it was a once in a decade thing stimulus has happened before george bush passed a stimulus in 2000 never for that amount of money oh wait no it was like 500 or something like 400 yeah. something it was lower um you know, and and like other countries have run stimulus programs at at times. Like, it's not that infrequent, but it's also not frequent. 
I did not like this next clip. It's a sh- it's a short clip, but it bothered me because I think that I, I, a I think he's still talking out of his ass, and I don't I don't know what he's getting at here. So I, I'll play it for you, and then you can tell me kind of how how this uh, initially hits you. The bottom line is the need that we have. You understand they put no restrictions whatsoever, qualifications on any of this yeah. as means testing of the need of the people, the means testing. How many people have you had talk to you that said, they're sending me checks, I don't know why? We've all heard that. So he's talking about uh, the expansion of safety um, of safety net programs, but more specifically in that clip, he's talking about the expanded ta- child tax credit that has... That has, uh, that has been hitting on the 15th. That's for, been, yeah. yeah, anybody who claimed a child last year. Right. Um, but you also had the right to refuse that. You did you have. Did I know right. a bunch of people that refused it. You did because also, they they had a fear that they were going to wind up paying a buttload of money at the end of the year. Also, what is the what is the means testing that would go into that? Like that, it's not like that's free money. I, like I see that in comment sections all the time. Whenever uh, I see a news article about like, hey, parents, the uh, it's like the the child tax credit is hitting accounts again. See a bunch of angry face emojis and then. Uh, stop giving out free money. It's not fucking free money. It's money that parents are going to get anyway when they file their taxes. Yeah. But and now it's money because they've already it's... technically paid to the government. Well, like, and, or are paying like... right, and because it's being fronted ahead of tax season, they're not going to get it at tax season. If it was free money, they'd be getting it now and at but, tax season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and him saying they're they're sending me. He's quoting people saying they're sending me checks, and, and I don't know why. What do you mean you don't know why? It's because you didn't deny the the credit, yeah. right? And it says it on your deposit. Like you it's, flat it's, out it's, said, "Send me this credit, you dummy." Yeah, you, you know why you're getting the money? No, he would argue. I think one of the the points that's been talked about when the the uh, conversation of means testing in Joe Manchin's context comes comes up is that like. People above a certain pay scale don't need to be getting that tax credit. The tax credit is for is to help people. But, like, they're going to get it anyway. So, like, who gives a shit if the if, if it's simpler to just give it to everyone yeah, than, it, than to, like, do four months of fucking investigation about yeah, who would it benefit the most? That's one thing. Like, I've argued before that I don't think people that have made a certain amount of money in their lifetime should be on Social Security. I don't think if you're a fucking millionaire that you should be getting social security checks. I don't care how much you paid into the fucking system. Right. That doesn't yeah. make any goddamn sense. You won the lottery. You don't right. need it. Yeah. You, like, America worked out for you. So you don't... Your dream came true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it comes... But, like, for being parents, like, dude, I don't care. Like, if somebody makes $100,000, dollars $700,000 a year and they're gonna get the child tax credit back anyway fucking give it to him on the 15th yeah. i don't care like it's 300 bucks per child whoopty fucking do yeah unless you have 20 kids it's not doing all that much no. like it, like honestly you're recouping a little bit of the money you spend every month in fucking diapers it, or, it costs like, like millions of dollars to have kids yes. like over the course of history like over the course of your life it costs like millions of dollars the to reason have i don't fucking have kids. fucking kids yeah. that, the price tag was like nope uh, Shit, no. Like it's it's ridiculous that like that's something that me as somebody who is is very a, an uh, outspoken advocate for the impoverished 
Like, give that to millionaires, and too. I don't I give a fuck. I just wish instead like, of, that's like... their money. That... Instead of angry face emojis, we would get someone who, like, all right, you don't like this. Uh, do you want to talk about a flat tax? Like, do you want to, like, actually have a conversation about the way we, we, the way we structure tax in this country? No, no because yeah. you supported a guy who gave tax cuts to the rich. Yeah. And he sold it to you like you were going to get something. Nobody And wa- now when you're getting something, you put an angry face. Nobody you wants- You fucking wanted this two years ago. Billionaires, Republicans and, and billionaires don't, not, not that every Republican is a billionaire, but- the the wealthy don't want a flat tax because they if they, we had a flat tax they'd be in danger of actually paying the same the amount tax. of taxes yes. that you and I pay. But it just pisses me off that we don't actually get the like the conversation that would just like the abortion debate. Like, all right, you don't want abortions. Let's talk about contraception. Let's talk about access to like to birth control. If you don't like, if you actually want to drive down the number, not of allowed to do that happening. either. Yeah, yeah, but like, no, we'll just outlaw them. Okay, that that works for drugs. That works for booze. Everything we've ever outlawed <laughs> in this country. Look at it. Did it work? Right. No. Yeah, it's stupid. This interview goes on. Do you need to take a break? No, I'm trying to look up my last pay stub because I I saw recently what I was paying in Social Security, and it's insane. No, yeah, it's a large yeah. chunk of my and it's gonna and how long paycheck, we, and we're not gonna see any of it. No, yes, and how long we've we been told like our entire lives it's gonna run out before we retire. And like, they just I, they just raised how much they're paying out. Yeah, like because of the cost of living. It's awesome that Social that, Security adjusts based, uh, based, on, based the on the cost, the cost of, of living. living but no job does. But wages don't. It's fucking ridiculous. So uh, people our age are spending so much to to afford to pay for the retirement of our parents' generation, then we do not get to save for our own retirement. No. We're the first generation that are not going to have any money when we retire en masse. Like, where are we going to go? The only reason so many people are now are able to go to retirement homes and stuff is because they get monthly stipend checks from the government. That's when... When that doesn't happen to us, we're going to have... We're going to be the first generation of 60-year-old homeless people. You know what we're going to have? No, we're not going to be homeless. We're going to have socialism then. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because we're going to be at a point where we're a huge generation of people living out on the street. Especially unless the government fixes shit. Compound the problem. I'm a prime example of a guy who, like, A, does no retirement and no plan for retirement and no kids. There is no one to take me in except for the government to prop me up when I get too old to work. How fucked is that? That, like, if that's true, like, if that comes true... If we are in a position where, like, Social Security has run out because it's supposed to well before we retire, um, and and now we are faced with homelessness or as a generation, or the government is going to have to change the way things happen, we will have lived our entire lives briefly, t- like, seeing the sunshine in the 90s of, like, economic surplus, and then just going when through we were this, like... too young to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, catastrophic fucking... Uh, economic downfalls, war- endless wars, like uh, wages that don't fucking raise for 20, 30 years, whatever. And then finally, when we're ready to like fucking die, they're going to yeah. be like, you know what? So, we'll make this okay for uh, the last yeah. 10 years. To, of to your life. That, <laughs> like, mi- minimum wage in the 70s with 70s money is the equivalent of making 70 grand a year right now. Yeah. Well, and I just had this argument. So, like, you could live a 70 grand lifestyle back in the 70s on making minimum wage. I just had this (laughs) argument with my mom a couple... You could own a boat with a 70 grand lifestyle. I had this conversation with my mom about a week ago where she told me that, like, when I started working, 
I was getting paid $5 an hour to work at McDonald's. And I said, do you remember what my first job was? And she was like, yeah, you worked at McDonald's. And I said, yeah. And do you know what I made when I started working at McDonald's? She didn't. And it was $5 and 15 cents an hour. 30 years later, yeah, yep. I was making the exact same, and like shit wasn't the same fucking and price. Do you, remember, uh, <laughs> like, do you remember the cost of gas before we started driving versus what it is now? Yeah. What I remember was growing cost, up. What, what was, was the like, cost of gas when your mom was driving to her McDonald's oh, job? I, it yeah. was like 95 cents, I think. No way, because it was like 95 cents. I can remember 95 when, yeah, cents. Yeah, when I was yeah. a kid, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was oh, 80 something cents when I was Fuck, a kid. Yeah. It's been high for so long. It had to be like, when I was little, little, when I was little, little, Sinclair gas stations, if you can remember those, were like in the mid seventy cents per gallon. Yeah, yeah. It's... I remember hearing a story about maybe my uncle or someone saying that you could like for a as a senior you could put five dollars down, get a soda, a pack of cigarettes, and gas in your car, and you would ha- get like half a tank. Yeah, like it's insane to me that yeah. like it costs like forty bucks to do that same thing. Right yeah. Now. Oh my god, especially with the fucking vehicles we drive. But Joe Manchin wants to fucking means test you to make sure you need the money. I'm, like, glad, you, I'm glad you brought us yes. back around because we, we could rant on that forever. I know. <laughs> we can all fucking need the money unless you're like unless you are the very tiny middle class that still that is exists. rapidly shrinking and yeah. has been for decades. Yeah. Uh or the billionaire class, then like, yeah, you fucking you you need any money that you can get back. Um yeah, I don't know. It this, this goes on. Okay, I want to, and I want to get to some of the specifics in this mm-hmm. in a second. But you just said that you want to get the infrastructure bill that you helped to negotiate a bipartisan infrastructure bill. It passed the Senate. You want to get it. And the White the House. House was very much and the involved White House every day. But every as day. you well know, uh, dozens of House progressives are saying no. They're not going to vote for your infrastructure deal until you support. Uh, what we're talking about here, the, the overall budget bill, which has a lot of the president's agenda, a lot of Democrats' agenda in it. By digging in your heels on this, aren't you dooming your own infrastructure bill? Who's digging in the heels here from the first all? The, the infrastructure bill has been passed, okay? You have a bipartisan bill with 19 Republicans. Who thought that could happen? Who thought that? And, you know, we worked hard on that for many, many months, and the president's, president's team was very much involved. And the president went out and sold this around the country. What, why would you basically let the perfect be the enemy of the good? You have a bill right now. I'm not saying we're but, not going to get to a reconciliation bill whenever. But they I'm have leverage. Now. I guess they have well, leverage. Go home and tell. Just, like, just like you have leverage. They're using their leverage, the House progressives, just like you are. That, that's fine. And if they can go home and tell people that, hey, I don't care about the roads and bridges. You don't need it. I don't care about Internet service. You don't need that. I don't care about fixing water and sewer lines. I don't care about the hard infrastructure that's left, go, deferred for the last 30 years. I don't care about any of that. I can't go home and say that in West Virginia. We need all of that. We have the worst bridges in the country. Do you we, take this threat th- seriously by the progressives? They'll have to do what they have to do. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not involved with the House and the House rules or any of that, okay? They're going to do what they think is best, and if they play politics with the needs of America, I can d- tell you, America will recoil. And they say you're playing politics. I don't think so, but the <laughs> bottom line is if it's such good politics and they think $3.5 trillion, why are they rushing it now? Why don't they use that for political, political points? I had to cut that off because they start arguing over each other. It's not audible. Um, but, d- dude, fuck off. <laughs> like, the, you're, I see, you're I doing see why the you're same. able to exist for so long in a deeply red state because you are a fucking snake oil salesman. Yeah. he's a, Well, he's a slime ball. He, accu- he does what Trump does. Accuse your enemies of doing what you're doing. Like, if you say it first, but he when it. they say it, it'll look like they're copying you. Yeah. Dana Bash says 
some people would say you're playing politics. He goes, goes, I don't think so. And That's his only that, rebuttal. And I don't he think said so. it so earnestly, like, oh, you practice that so much, man. It actually almost sounded like you meant that. Yeah. Or like you'd never heard that before. You're like, oh, I don't think so. Like, it, Well, that's like, just his tone. Oh, shucks. He He's al- monotonous in that style of voice. He yeah. also <laughs> is doing this thing where he's... <sighs> He uh, he's just unwilling to own like any of it. Like it's all like the other. I don't know, man. It's a lot of double speak, and it doesn't. Nothing means well, anything. If he, well, his, if he owned it, he would have to give you a reason for why. Right. He's his defense of like I can't go to, home to West Virginia and tell my people that we're not getting new bridges. That's not what progressives are saying. What they're saying is that you could also go to your people and be like, hey. You're going to have a retirement package when you get older. You're going to have affordable housing. You're, you yeah. have a right to Your have fucking healthcare. kids won't have to live with you're, you when they're 30. Yeah. You know, like, wouldn't they also love all that shit? With, and, and based on his own description of his constituency, who is, like, it's a pretty poor state. And, like, with a yeah. failing infrastructure, those people need these programs. Like, they, yes. your constituents need these programs more than any other fucking state in the yeah. goddamn and you're willing to hold it up and just like because you're worried that we might have because a more inflation because he's playing politics because yeah. he thinks that and which he hasn't been wrong he can uh, he thinks that he, he can he, uh, he can, can reap the benefits yeah as long as he sounds like a republican that's his game and that's fucked because he is taking the country hostage like it it's Joe Manchin's I way or no way I guarantee you though if we looked up probably like I don't know if anybody's been polling West Virginia and his popularity. I'm assuming someone has. I guarantee you, it's gone up in West Virginia. Like yeah. someone who survived since the Bush era as a Democrat, quote unquote, knows how to play this game. Before he started, he was confident he was going to win it. Yeah. And unfortunately, he's playing against Biden, who is just dog shit at this. Yeah, like his. He had like well, a good one, first 100 days where people thought like kind of with Trump were like, oh, maybe he won't be a disaster. Here's here's the thing. I And I don't – overall, I don't think Biden's a disaster. I think Trump was a fucking disaster. I don't think – I think that, Biden's in – I think uh, Biden – Ineffective. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. I, and, and We're steaming towards a point where he's probably not going to get anything major done in his presidency. I get Biden – I like there's part of me that understands – why the White House didn't come out and fight this more publicly, like, until it got to this point. Because from Biden's perspective, it's like, well, my party, who, like, we barely won by, the, like, the hair of our ass. And now my party is fighting with itself about how they're going to... So I just want to, like, step back and not take sides. But a leader also persuades fucking people to do things. Yeah. So come out and be like, or- hey... This is what I want. Tell Joe and tell if Biden would come out and tell Joe Manchin, hey, these points of yours, I agree with you on. And these points you can fuck off and then turned around and said to Bernie Sanders, these points I agree with you on. And these points you can fuck off. That's what a leader does. (laughs) Like you're asking a lot, you know, like come out and and. Fucking run, like, tell them what you want. Tell them what your agenda is. It didn't have to stop on the campaign trail. You can still have your agenda and guide them yeah. to where you want and them to go. And this is also a failing of, I mean, th- there's a reason why you have a whip in the Senate, why you have, like, why you have yeah. people to do this, to get make sure that, like, when you put something forth and say we're going to vote on this, that you want to know what the result's going to be of that vote beforehand. Right. And... 
apparently they were pretty confident that they had the votes that they were talking about this on the campaign trail, I guess, or they just wanted to win. I Maybe they're fucking lying. I, Who fucking knows? I don't think that they thought that. I think that they thought we need to be anti-Trump. So whatever Trump would do, we'll do it the opposite way. I think they also knew people were pissed off with the Biden choice. Remember how the how the primary season went down? Biden was fucking losing hardcore and then until a bunch of people, people dropped out all yeah. at the same time and now have some of them have jobs now don't they yeah yeah they do yeah um, imagine that as biden was yeah. in a position from the second that he became the nominee that he had to court the progressives somehow so even if biden doesn't agree with all of this shit he ran on it because he needed to get the progressives to vote for him so he wouldn't lose to trump well, dude, if you you set yourself up to be to piss somebody off because you had to court the progressives and you did and they gave you the presidency, you're going to have to at least make yeah. good on some promises if you want them to, he, to stick around. He's yeah. just trying to be one of the fellers, make everybody <laughs> yeah, happy. He is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You're in the wrong century there. Uh, Joe Biden or Joe Biden, Joe Manchin has uh, some thoughts on the child tax credit. What uh, President Biden and uh, the Democrats mm -hmm. say is the child tax credit, which has been expanded, make it permanent. They, they're saying it's already having a major impact on poverty and hunger mm -hmm. uh, for children. Do you support making it permanent? Well, I support child tax credits. I sure am trying to. But help the, the expansion children. that let's is... talk about this before you start saying is it going to be permanent? This and that. Yeah. Let's see how we're doing. Let's make sure that we're getting it to the right people. Let's make sure the people on poverty. I can tell you, people that are working and working poor, making every effort they can to get ahead in life, that's in that 50,000 and below. I've got people that are making combined two and 300 and more up to 400 saying they're getting checks. You know, if we have X amount of But it's of on dollars, a sliding scale. They shouldn't be doing that. Well, it's happening, though. This is happening because of the sliding scale. It's 75 and 150 with a sliding fee up to 400, Okay. These are things that there's hard caps to be put. The need-based, we're not having anything about need-based. We're not doing any type of that. And first of all, child tax credits. Think about this. If it's child tax credit, you want to help the children and the parents that are basically providing for those children. There's no work requirements whatsoever. There's no education requirements whatsoever for better skill sets. Don't you think if we're going to help the children that the people should make some effort? I want to, I, I want to punch him in the fucking face right now um, because... I there's a couple there's a couple, there's so many reasons in that one clip alone. Um, one of them is like when you're talking about uh, work requirements and um, and or education requirements or whatever whatever the qualifications would be, you're talking about people who are still parents with or without those qualifications. It still fucking costs money to raise kids, to take care of kids, to not have kids fucking die. It's, whether it's or like, not you have those qualifications it's like he doesn't understand how this thing works like it's tied into the end of year taxes and people that are making combined 300 grand a year they're never going to get a, a tax credit to begin with so they're taking that child tax credit they're going to pay it all back at the end of the year anyway right yeah, yeah. and the other argument too um th that was that price jumped out at me um because if you think about it when we're talking about like anything that Republicans do with taxing, like anytime we talk about taxing the wealthy, we always start at like $400,000, $450,000. So like 
the same people that he's arguing like, well, if they're making $300,000 a year, they shouldn't be getting this. But you're the same guy that says we shouldn't tax them because they're not wealthy enough at making $375,000 a year. Right. Like, it's no... double speak. Like, you're – what the fuck do you stand for? Are they for? rich or are they poor? Are they well off or are they not? Yeah. Is Are they only also, rich when it's convenient? More and to, then... But more to Jim's point, like, when asked about it, like, should it be permanent? He's like, well, hang on because the money's going to some people who don't need it. And to Jim's point, is like, yeah, that money's going to come back to us. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Like, we could stop and deal with that. But it would be a needless waste right now. We could just give it out and then, like, right. if we need to take it back, especially, the IRS will handle especially it. Especially now. Like, if we were to fuck with that now where, like, there has to be more red tape before the money goes out, before it can then come back in. If we're to do that in real time, you're talking about two taxis. Like, this would happen at the same time that... Millions of people still haven't gotten their tax returns because of the pandemic, because we've been dealing with the pandemic during two tax seasons in in the during the last two tax seasons. So, like, it would be unbelievably messy to try to fucking figure all of that shit out in September or August or, you know, November or whatever. When then you're going, it's that shit is going to hold up the next, the start of the next tax season. And they like, they've all been so fucked and, for the last couple of and years. At the end of the day, it doesn't even answer her question of like, do you believe the tax code should be permanent? Well, the I White believe- House is saying it's having a lot of effect on child his, poverty. His, and he's like, well, I this support, total unrelated thing. He said, I support child tax credits. That wasn't the question. Yeah. That was a bullshit answer yeah. to make it sound like you answered the question. That's a, like, a non-answer. Or a, yeah. yeah, completely non-answer. Um, there is one thing he supports, though. Like, literally fucking one thing. So let's talk about universal pre-K. West Virginia, your home I've state. I've been all for that. I'm all in. You want to make it a, a federal Well, program. it's fine to be federal, but the states can do it, too. And the states have a responsibility. But should but universal pre-K be in a bill... Like this, I that don't you have would a support. problem because I support universal okay. pre-K. Okay. What about increasing funding for home care services for the sick and elderly? Yeah, $60 billion hadn't gone out the door yet. $60 billion. The only thing I'm saying is why urgency to spend another $300 billion towards that when you got $60 billion that hasn't gone out? Don't you think we ought to find out what happened? Why are we not able to get into that, that type of a change where we're able to make sure that the administration is able to disperse the money that need to get it to where it needs to be helped? Thanks, Joe, for being on board with fucking universal daycare. Like, that is a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah. like, there, th- that's the one concession he's made there, I, throughout I have, the entire conversation. Is that in this bill? That. Is huh? that, is, will that be in this bill? Um, I, I don't know if it will. I, 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 I kind of don't think it will. I don't Because know I don't see no, America ever giving us childcare because that's something we desperately need. Well, Especially it, poor people well, who I'm, are trying to I'm work. Kinda, I'm kind of scared of that as a parent myself. Like, like essentially, uh, money-wise, all it would do is it would extend public school all the way down to, you know, like age one or yeah. and that's, however that, that's many not months they'd be willing system. to accept a baby. Right. But also, like, regulated daycare, government-regulated daycares. <laughs> I don't know oh, how I, yeah. well I feel about that one. Yeah, I get that, but at the same like, time— Like, I don't think I would want to send my child to a government-regulated daycare. I th- yeah. I, here's the thing, and, though. I think they should be—I think that they should exist. They should, yeah, I'm should not be saying I'm against it. Right. I'm just—I'm yeah. looking at problems that all too many, are already All too many families have to work a 40-hour job, and then half their paycheck goes to paying someone to watch their kids yeah. I know, I know while people, they work. I know couples that—one uh, spouse, the— 
it like their entire their wage, entire wage goes yeah. to daycare basically. When, so it's like, why are you? When uh, there was a point, but it's like it it covers like daycare and then like half of one of the car notes. Yeah, and especially if the argument is happening at the same time where like there's a worker shortage and we need people to be at work so they can put taxes into the system. Okay, then. Give us a place to put our fucking kids so we can yeah. go to work, so we can pay taxes. Or uh, if you want to do the traditionalist thing, at least make one job enough of a payment that you can live with your spouse at home with the kids. If you want to do that. Yeah, but right. in the 50s, you could do that. Even someone who worked at a diner yeah. could work at a diner we'd, and we'd have, to go have back. a house. And right, We'd have to go back to at least the 90s level. It, economy for that that's another thing that pisses me off about boomers like i will argue with boomers and they'll be like well back in my day we did this back in your day so much so very much different yeah back in your day you could afford two cars and have a stay-at-home parent and And like four fucking kids yeah like and a two-story house that shit doesn't work now yeah all all of that on like a 40 grand a year salary yeah get the fuck out of here 40 grand a year ain't shit right now (laughs) right because think about how weird that must have been to people who grew up in the depression to suddenly, like, see everyone, like, well off yeah. for 20 years, and then it just crashed in the 70s and never truly got better. Like, yeah. the 90s was a bit better, but, like, they well, it didn't last. In the 80s, nah. they deregulated it and made it feel better for them. <laughs> the, the cocaine <laughs> made it feel better. Yeah. <laughs> um, the quaaludes. <laughs> this is the uh, last clip that I have from this interview um, with Dana Bash, and so we'll get Joe's uh, opinions on clean energy now clean energy provisions Mm -hmm. that are in this bill, they would use tax incentives and carbon capture technology to try to cut emissions in half and make the electric grid 80% clean energy by 2030. Do you support that? Let me tell you this. Let's look at where we've come for the last 20 years. In in 2000, the year 2000, 52% of our electricity came from coal. Only about 16% came from natural gas, and only about 9.5% came from renewables. 20 years to date. Okay, 2020, 19% from coal, 40% from natural gas, and up to 20% for renewables. The transition is happening. Now they're wanting to pay companies to do what they're already doing. Makes no sense to me at all for us to take billions of dollars and pay utilities for what they're going to do as the market transitions. We've proven that and we will continue to transition. They're accelerating something that could be very, very vulnerable to the reliability of the system. So it sounds like a no. Dude. You don't support. The provisions at all. Okay. All it does is speed up the process. Yeah. Right. The whole time I was I was watching this interview, I was just like, "Do you want dial-up or broadband internet?" That's a really (laughs) long-form way of being like, "Look, my buddies work for the coal companies, so they want this to be a slower process. Yeah, let's just drag this shit out as far as we can." You realize what a a literal gold mine this was for them for decades? (laughs) Yeah. Those current CEOs got to get their golden parachute before I come out of office. Right. You know, if we start... I haven't built us enough. If we start taxing Elon Musk, then eventually we'll have to start taxing other people, too. <laughs> oh, Fuck God. off, Dick. Uh, <laughs> like, if my billions won't cover it, maybe your 20 grand a year will? Right. That's a logic... No. Yeah. And uh, if that's the case, I'm willing to try, dude. Let's see if your money covers it. Yeah, no shit. I man, I, I'm willing to, willing to lose my nothing account that is often in the negative if he loses everything. <laughs> right, totally willing to make that exchange. If so, based on that nine minute interview that you just listened to between him and and Dana Bash, do you know anything that he stands for? 
Like, is that, did he say anything that he stands for other than universal pre-K? I was going to use that. He, yeah. <laughs> well, that was, the, that was the one thing that he Let was, me tell you this. But I do still, not. He still even bullshitted on the universal pre-K thing. Because when she asked him, should it be in the federal, he, she asked him if he believed in it. He said, yes, but the states also have a role to play in that. So he tried to, like, that's. For those of you who are Donald Trump card, for those of you who aren't familiar with how government works, that's the way of saying I'm willing to take it out of the fucking bill, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, um, hand so, it to the governors. It's it's all on the governors. But, but it was the one thing that he that he definitively said, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that being in the bill. Um, now it'll be interesting to see if there ever is a bill, if that is in there, uh, because I'm pretty I mean, sure not gonna Bernie lie. Sanders isn't going to petition I'm it out. Bill. Not going to lie, that like that would be wonderful. Bill. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't even have kids. I would be super excited if that. I know there are like problems, like Jim said, but like just the people that desperately need that. Yeah, and it would be a boon to people, especially if they weren't yeah, paying for it. At least it's something. Yeah. I mean, they are paying for it. Their taxes are paying for it. But, like, at least their taxes are being directed into a way that is benefiting them. And finally. benefits society. Yeah. Like, there there are there are a lot of poor people that are in a fucking tough situation where, like, you can't get your kids cared for or, and, or cared for in, like, a safe way. And I'm not saying the government won't make any mistakes, but I'm saying that, like... There are tons of poor people that just have to get whatever fucking babysitter they can Or get. just be left alone, like, as early as you can. I've like, seen TikTok videos of, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, IHOP or whatever, but that, t- like, a diner-type restaurant um, where, like, the lady was, the, the waitress was behind the counter with her baby in arm, like, well, two-year-old um... or whatever. And she's getting yelled at by the fucking customers, which, like, fuck that guy. Because, like, dude, what, if here's my thing. Like, I don't even care. That, to me, I'm at this point with America now where, like, that, what offends me isn't the fact that she's there working with her kid. What offends me is that she has to be there working with her kid because America can't do better. One of the richest nations in the world can't do better that that woman has nowhere to put her kid. And fuck anybody anywhere near affordable. Yeah. Because the day any daycare is gonna be more than what you're making at Denny's hourly. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not untrue. When I was in high school, the local Denny's that we had, the uh, more than one of the waitresses, there would be a booth near where they came out of the back to bring food, and there would be a kid there working on homework or just drawing, like coloring, and it would be one of the waitresses' kids who just sat there the entire shift. Yep. We America has to do better. Like, America has to do better for poor people. Um, and, for, like, for everyone. If there is a middle class, like, America should do better for them. So, for, like, all not... the, for even all these companies, since we're on the, the subject of daycares, it would cost one Denny's to pay one more person, and all they would do is watch the kids of the other workers. Yeah. Because there's not that many people that work in a Denny's at any one given time. Not right? really. So you like, just need one person. Not, they have small you have children. one more person on your payroll. That's even if you yeah. like. That, even if they do have Just children. the kids who have small children that right. need a daycare, which is for the first, what, five years of your, their life? Wait, really? What would it really cost somebody like a Denny's or an IHOP to pay one but, fucking person? But what what's more fucked up is that the way businesses operate in this country is that those kids aren't allowed to be there because they're an annoyance because they shouldn't well, like, and then they, they take up a booth. They take up a booth. Yeah. That's money we're losing because your kid has to be here. So you can't stay. Employed I've been, to, here. I've never been to a completely full Denny's. 
ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, never. No. And they you made, shouldn't be. They made those they, wait. They made those so big in anticipation, and then they tasted the food, and they're like, "Oh shit! Oh man, <laughs> we probably could done with two. Something that uh, is the most, probably the most offensive clip that I have uh, in this does not come from the same interview. We're done with Dana Bash. Um, Joe Manchin did a press conference where he, again, basically spit the same bullshit that we've already listened to, didn't really give us much of what he wants, told us what he doesn't want in very vague terms, but he had a line in there um, that that should, I don't know, half of the country is going to hear Joe, Joe Manchin say this shit and be like, yeah, he's right, because it's buzzwords that we've been taught. Um, but it, to me, this is the most offensive clip of, the show and thank god i'm gonna have a savior come in to to fight my battle for me after this i've been very clear when it comes to who we are as a, as a society who we are as a nation and why we are still the hope of the world i don't believe that we should turn our society into an entitlement society i think that we should still be a compassionate rewarding society i think that fares best for all of us but compassion means taking care of those who can't take care of themselves whether they're young, whether they've had some type of, a, of, of a, uh, a challenge in life, whether it be mental or physical, those are responsibilities that we have. And we can all meet those responsibilities. And I feel very strongly about that. And we will continue. This is going to take time to get this done. Getting it done quickly is not going to benefit anybody. So let's make sure that we do it and do it right. He is really good at saying buzzwords and pretty much nothing fucking else. Like entitlement society is the is the trigger there for, uh, I guess people who call who identify as moderate Democrats and definitely the GOP. Um, I don't like compassionate, caring society that takes care of. You can't people, scoff at like, entitlement like, and then talk about a compassionate, caring. society. No, I don't even like the time. word entitlement. What he's calling entitlement is what most other developed worlds call basic human rights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's what the, that's how you the mean GOP like every uses other it. developed world. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everyone besides us. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's, I, I just don't like how he's trying to play it both ways. Like yeah. he, he uses that as a as a like a I don't want to say dog whistle because we associate that with racism, but it is a dog whistle for those like right leaning. Democrats and definitely the GOP, but then fiscal but, conservative. But then types. he within the same. Like if you breath, say the word entitlement, you automatically make it on the Fox. You're News painting it in right. unfavorable light. Yeah. Well, and then in the same breath, he turns around and goes, "But we should take care of people." Like, well, here's the thing. But and he says, like, you're not saying anything. And he's saying we should this take care of the most yeah. vulnerable people. And then in the same sentence, he'll turn around and be like, but look, we can't do this too quick. That'll help nobody. Yeah. Yes, it will. It'll help the people that we could save who are going to die because they don't have access to doctors and social safety nets. It's like we should we should uh, help vulnerable people unless they don't have an education level or unless they are uh, unless they they are unemployed or like what the the instant qualifications do you have man instant jumpstart that it would put on the economy too like what like what are we doing here yeah yeah he lives in this world where it's like look i got a bunch of coal money it wouldn't be that hard for you to get a bunch of coal money. I don't know so much for Why is this so difficult? Yeah. Um, you just got to be a rich white guy from West Virginia that easy, is also yeah. in politics. See, yeah. they, they tell you what to say, you say it, and then you get a pull. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, well, the, the I didn't take kindly to that remark, and I'm not the only one. My uh, old Jewish savior swooped in to save the day. <laughs> Ber- Bernie Sanders. Uh, Kenneth Copeland got to you, didn't he? Yeah. Bernie Sanders held a press conference. He, I think he got to the point where uh, the gym you say you would have gotten to on day one, uh, finally. And so Bernie Sanders did, I, I want to say this is October 7th, I believe, um, that Entitlement Society clip came from October 6th, 4th or 6th. I think it was the 6th, though. Um, but uh, anyway, Bernie Sanders wasn't a fan. And so he had a press conference literally like was it the next day it was the next day and it was literally to shit on joe manchin and it like we're gonna we're dropping diss track yeah (laughs) we're 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 gonna listen to it so uh here's bernie 48 out of 50 members of the senate democratic caucus support the bill and 210 members about 96 percent of the house democratic caucus support the bill and By the way, the President of the United States uh, supports the bill. Uh, And while we're at it, uh, let me tell you who is vigorously opposed to this legislation, and I think it's important that the American people understand that, because this is the corruption of American politics. The pharmaceutical industry is currently spending hundreds of millions of dollars on lobbying, on campaign contributions, on advertising to oppose this bill because they do not want to have us lower the outrageously high cost of prescription drugs in America. The health insurance industry is spending a huge amount of money because they do not want us to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. The fossil fuel industry, the coal companies and the oil companies, are spending millions of dollars despite the fact that the scientists are virtually unanimous in telling us that we must end our dependence on fossil fuel and move to energy efficiency and sustainable energy if we are going to save this planet. And it goes without saying that the billionaire class and the large corporations are spending a fortune in opposition to this bill because they love the idea that some of the wealthiest people in this country and the largest corporations in a given year do not pay a nickel in federal income tax. And they're fighting to preserve that absurdity. In other words, we are, talking, we are taking on some of the most powerful special interests in this country who will end up spending huge amounts of money in order to prevent us from doing what we should be doing, protecting the needs of working families, the elderly, the children, the sick, and the poor, and protecting this planet for future generations. Before we say anything, a phone rang, and it was like a literal telephone. It wasn't. It, was it, old, it, yeah. it, it, yeah. it sounded like an old-school telephone. It was rotary. And it would be. During one of the oldest member of Congress's speeches, <laughs> was was that from his house? Right, that was probably no, it wasn't. Was it okay? No, but was, I like it was one it. of those old phones that you you had to pick up the receiver, the, the put receiver. it to your ear, and it was lean actually in the truck. it was actually hanging on the wall behind him. 
with a 25 foot cord so they if he didn't want to be in the same room as his it was family a, a big number phone <laughs> yeah i love the idea everybody that, like, everybody in congress shares that one phone <laughs> That's the wait, wait, don't tell me phone when they have to be on yeah. NPR. Some, some, <laughs> sometimes they pick up that phone and hear un- other Congress people talking to their family members. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Hang up the phone, Bernie. I got to talk to my. All of Gen Z and younger are not understanding any of these no. references. I love what the fuck when is they a heard phone? that. Like, they heard that bell. They were like, Wait, is, is that it, a fire alarm? Is what it, the fuck is, is that? Lunchtime at Congress? We're, we're speaking to the 28 and, and up crowd. Yeah. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, let's so, go back to the seriousness. Sorry, I had to point that no, out. That was fair. hilarious. That's so that clip I initially was going to take out of there um, because it's not necess- it, it's not where the rest of this com- uh, of this press conference is going to go. But I couldn't take it out. I know it's a longer clip, but I thought like this is really important because Bernie is literally summing up the things that we've been debating throughout this conversation, um, and and he's giving us like numbers and like from his perspective as a congressman like they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars i just looked it up the pharmaceutical industry has like 1500 plus um lobbyists in washington congress they employ 1500 people as lobbyists as lobbyists yeah wow and congress there's not even that many congress members congress has 500 something members they have three lobbyists to every one congress member yeah yeah, just yeah. for just for pharmaceuticals. Just companies. for pharmaceuticals. Yeah, so and we like, wonder as a country why we have a spiraling epidemic of uh, overdoses and fentanyl and stuff. It's three, like it's not so three surprising. times a day. Three times a day because there's three to one. Three times a day a Congress member gets solicited by one of these. people. And that's yeah. only that's if that's if every lobbyist has one congressman they're in charge of. Right, and that is literally pharmaceuticals. Like yeah. that is not the coal industry. That is not big energy. Like that is not big oil. Like that. That's one fucking thing. That's not even healthcare. That's pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Like that's not even right. insurance companies who have. I'm assuming probably as many lobbyists as yeah. pharmaceutical companies do. And, uh, so now I'm going to use a wrestling term with you. So this has nothing to do with gun violence. But Bernie is about to shoot on Joe Manchin. Now, Senator Manchin, as I understand it, talked about today about not wanting to see our country become an entitlement society. Well, I am not exactly sure what he means by that. Does that mean that we end the $300 direct payments for working-class parents, which have cut childhood poverty in this country as a result of the American Rescue Plan, in half? Is protecting working families and cutting childhood poverty and entitlement. Does Senator Manchin think we should once again have one of the highest levels of childhood poverty of any major country on earth? At a time when millions of seniors in Vermont, in West Virginia, all across this country have teeth in their mouths that are rotting, when they can't afford hearing aids in order to communicate with their grandchildren, and when they can't afford a pair of glasses in order to read a newspaper, does Senator Manchin really believe that seniors are not entitled to digest their food and that they're not entitled to hear and see properly? Is that really too much to ask in the richest country on earth? I love that Bernie Sanders flips entitlement into a positive word. 
Like yeah. I, I love that. I love that he fucking owns that. Um, because I think that's how you beat the fucking stigma. Like that's how you beat the buzzword of us not being able to quote unquote afford it. And we're the richest country on earth. Like, not all, but a lot of the more developed European countries have adopted this. Canada has adopted this. What, right. what are we doing? We're spending we, we three make, times we're, as we're, much we're, yeah. than them on, on our military. I don't or, know, how many I more? Like, way more than that. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're doing right now. I'll tell you why we can't get or why we are not. I'm not saying we can't. I like to believe there's like for as much of a pessimist as I am, there's like this shred of hope. And optimism, I guess, that we can get there if we stop fucking around, which I don't see, like, I don't see that happening soon. Um, But I'll tell you right now why we can't, why we don't get there. It is because I I would argue that it, it has a lot to do with our size and our population and the amount of people that a, that an idea has been sold to. And, and where they are generationally. Like, there's this idea that we should ha- we should buy certain things because other generations have had to buy certain things because other generations were convinced that that's the way that things go. Stuck on doing the same thing I over just, and over I again. Just had an, Wondering why it's not working. I had an argument with my mom uh, who talked about, like, uh, you know, you these are the things that you should be able to provide. And then I asked, you know, well, like, well, what do you mean? Like, how do you mean provide? And like her idea of we'll just take healthcare, just the one aspect, because we don't need to go down into like entire personal conversations. But like her one idea on healthcare was that like my generation should be able to have jobs that offer insurance that we that come out of our paychecks to take care of our kids and we shouldn't have kids that are on medicaid and my argument to her was that is a bullshit fable that you Job, guys don't, why jobs, should there's a lot of jobs that don't provide good <laughs> enough health insurance for that why the fuck? or even affordable <clears throat> enough like why for, should... like i work for a decent company our health insurance sucks. Yeah. Why should we... Like, mm. in, the, in the amount in which I pay for that would be astronomical if I added my wife and two kids onto it. Well, and then you have to meet a deductible, so by the end of the year, you've paid a bunch of money yeah. in my, to... And, and you don't get any benefit back. It's my yearly just deductible a, is north of six grand. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's a... Fucking, It'd take a hospitalization to meet that. It is a money... It's like a pyramid scheme within your paycheck you only, scale. The only like, way you can win that bet is by getting horrifically sick or maimed. Yeah, that's the only yeah. way you're you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, like you and can't win. You should not. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm gonna be yeah. on. I feel like we should all do our due diligence and go get hit by a bus this afternoon. No shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really stick it to the insurance company. I think that that, that that like I have to fall in line with Bernie here. Where like, nah, like healthcare should be a right. Like I shouldn't have to pay. Here's the thing: it, a shit ton of money to a company who's not gonna cover me when like. Yeah, my taxes could fucking pay for that. And don't tell me that that's not paying for it. Don't say that it's supposed to come out of my paycheck because it comes out of my fucking taxes. So you know what's weird too? I am paying for it. Is, is that the United States sees healthcare is as a basic human right? It does if you're a prisoner. 
Isn't that fucked up that yeah. like the moment you're arrested and they have to take care of you, they like they look at what they have to provide and they're like, well, we had to provide health care. It would be cruel and unusual if we didn't give them health care. Yeah. If you're a citizen, fuck so, off. Let, let's just do a little social experiment here for, for shits and gigs. The amount in which we are taxed on Medicaid, you know, let's say playing this little hypothetical game is about a third of the slice of the pie on your like health related taxes. Mm hmm. Now, in, your health insurance is not listed as a tax, but let's just put it this way. If, if we're going to talk about health, we'll include Medicaid and then what you pay for health insurance. My Medicaid is about a third of what I pay for my health care. Right. So why wouldn't I just pay all of that for Medicaid and get better health coverage holy shit if everybody did that an idea that makes sense <laughs> if everybody did that we're still getting health care we're still paying for it yeah so what's the problem well because apparently that would make astronomical lines and stupid doctors like <laughs> because, fucking know. Like, because if you take the health insurance companies out of it all of a sudden all that red tape disappears yeah like, you know how like you have to go to certain doctors under certain health care companies yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if if you asked Joe Manchin if his response is well, like, well, what would those three thousand lobbyists do? We can't put them <laughs> yeah, out of jobs. Yeah, no shit. I I don't understand how people who make the argument that you like Medicaid and programs like that are a bad thing because it's taxpayer money, but then like in a separate conversation will understandably so bitch about the price of fucking healthcare bitch about their hospital bills coming back with an $800 bandaid or some shit on there. Like you understand there's a problem. You've just been duped into not wanting to fucking address it. Yeah. Like if, if you go to the ER for severe dehydration, that's the only thing that's wrong with you. You get say two IV bags, thousand bucks. Yeah. For two IV bags What's that it? cost, you know, a buck fifty a piece, like twenty five hundred dollars to go in an ambulance to the hospital or some shit like that. Yeah, like so the real it, expensive Uber. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, it's more affordable to die like than it is to fucking show up yeah. at the hospital. Like, not even get work done, just show up at the hospital. Like, it, it, there's clearly a problem. We all acknowledge the problem when it's convenient to. But there is a group of people who are scared of the word fucking socialism, are scared of the idea of progressivism, and they they buy into this idea that, like, well, if it's not elbow grease, it's still fucking elbow grease. Like, it is. If it's coming out of taxes, that is, I'm working for it. Like, Yeah, we all it, are. Yeah. Uh, but that's where the real entitlement comes in, right? Yeah. Is that like, like this idea I that like, I shouldn't have to pay for something you might yeah, use? This, that's entitlement. Yeah. God forbid we help somebody else. No shit. But like the the idea that's been sold to people that are against this is that if if we go this direction, we won't be number one anymore. Like we're so afraid of not being the number one country hey, that I, that like we're afraid that if we go. Universal health care, it'll bring us down to the stoops of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my right. God. How dare we? Uh, I, I, we're, I, we're fucking – we wish we were Canada at this point. I've got bad – I mean, I do. There's d hockey and free health care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And they were like, they were on the the uh, legalizing marijuana way earlier than we were. I've got bad news for Americans. China was like number one for thousands of years and is about to be again. We only kind of stole it for a second. Like yeah. it was a blip. So if you and it's think... only because Japan was kicking their ass, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, Bernie Bernie goes on uh, to continue. Um, just shitting all over Joe Manchin's I don't even know how to say it um, non-wish list like I don't even know what Joe Manchin I still don't know what Joe Manchin wants Bernie doesn't either nobody does the Senator Manchin not believe that we have to end the absurdity of the United States paying by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs sometimes 10 times more for a particular drug than is paid in Canada or other countries around the world. Does Senator Manchin believe that we should be the only major country on earth not to guarantee paid family and medical leave and that working mothers should not be able to stay home with a child who is sick? Are workers not entitled to be able to do that? Does Senator Manchin believe that working class parents in West Virginia and Vermont should not have to pay, does he believe that they should have to pay 25 or 30 percent of their incomes on childcare all over this country? Working class families are paying 25 or 30 percent of their incomes on childcare so that they could go out and do their jobs. Are the children of this country not entitled to high quality childcare? and pre-K education. Does Senator Manchin not believe that working families in this country are entitled, entitled to affordable housing and that we should not have some 600,000 people in America, including many veterans, sleeping out on the streets? Does Senator Manchin not believe that at a time when we have a major labor shortage in many parts of this country because our young people lack the skills they need that they are not entitled to at least two years of free community college so they can get the training in order to go out and get the good-paying jobs that are there. And perhaps most importantly, does Senator Manchin not believe what the scientists are telling us, that we face an existential threat regarding climate change and that it is absolutely imperative that we move boldly to cut carbon emissions. Scientists have told us we're on a red alert. Some of you know the science, some number of scientists received the Nobel Prize for their work on climate change. Does Senator Manchin not believe that our children and grandchildren are entitled to live in a country and a world that is healthy and is habitable? Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. I can uh, sum it up as the price is too damn high. <laughs> yeah, according <laughs> according to Joe Manchin, sure. Um, the uh, so I'll go in reverse order. First of all, the only person politician that I've ever believed when they said children and grandchildren is motherfucking Bernie Sanders. Like that dude is the only person that gives a shit about poor people in this country. I think he might be the only person that gives a shit about people in the Congress. Not, not the only person in the country, but the only person in the Congress. Congress, Um, like he, like 
I don't know. I, I, I very much appreciate, and I know I said it after the last clip, but his ability to take all of Joe Manchin's uh, grievances, um, all of the things he doesn't want, and to flip them in, in and by by uh, grabbing on to that entitlement word, and yeah. the, and then just and the uh, the chorus of repeating, does Joe Manchin not believe yeah. that? You know, yeah, I I appreciate that very much because, like, you know, for I think a lot of people too. Uh, Boomers especially, I think, are afraid of the socialism boogeyman. And I think that if you, like, I think Bernie Sanders gets written off a lot of times because he is okay with attaching himself to that name because he he understands that word and what it means. And so I think he's made into this bad guy without necessarily even people well, fully Well, it's also under- easy because he looks like a caricature. Yeah, he does. Um with the crazy hair. I would challenge a lot of those boomers who were like Biden boomers who were very anti Bernie Sanders being the candidate. I would challenge them to like listen to what the fuck he's saying. Do you not agree with this? Like and if you don't, fine. You're not a Bernie Democrat. That's fine. But like you can it's not it's okay to be a Biden Democrat. Like I don't have a problem with that. I just don't think that a lot of people know what Bernie Sanders and his brand of quote unquote social socialism is or stands for. And I think that there's a lot of people that think they have a problem with it, that if they knew what the fuck it meant, would be like, yeah, I believe in those things. Like, yeah, that makes sense. We should take care of poor people. We should take care of of children in poverty. We should take care of parents who pay into a tax system and can't afford anything but going to work because they're paying for this child care that is outrageously uh, priced. Yeah, we believe that $2,500 to get to the hospital is too fucking much. We believe that uh, that that 1,500-plus lobbyists for one industry... Um, is is too much and is it a perversion of what like government and business the the relationship that government and business is supposed to have um i just don't think that a lot of people understand what like what bernie sanders stands for and i think that that when he puts it like that um he does a he he a he does a good job of of kind of um summarizing what he stands for but he also puts a spotlight on does joe manchin even stand for this shit like he what he doesn't say like all he says is this isn't good enough this isn't good enough that isn't good enough we need to tweak this but he never really says how or why or what the the other plan is kind of like the republicans saying that like we need to get rid of obamacare okay but what do you want to put there fucking no no yeah we haven't thought that far <laughs> like yeah but you've voted on this like 75 times he's like yeah but you know d- dude don't you think after like the 73rd repeal, vote repeal and replace <laughs> was a campaign point yeah like, replace being a key term it was literally just a slogan yeah and so is joe manchin's uh, every game he's playing here with it being too expensive it being too uh, we're moving too fast, or uh, every criticism he has of these things. When you break it down, they, I like that Bernie did break it down. They're like, what exactly do you have a problem with here? Yeah, just look at it individually and tell me that you have a problem with people having 
affordable access to, to pre-K. Well, well, and he even go on to say, like, look, if you do have a problem with something, let's talk about it. But you have to fu- you have to come to the table and talk about it. And that's where we get this last little bit. Senator Manchin has been extremely critical of the three and a half trillion dollar proposal that many of us support. In fact, nine out of 11 members of the Budget Committee support. But the time is long overdue for him to tell us with specificity, not generalities, we're beyond generalities, with specificity, what he wants and what he does not want, and to explain that to the people of West Virginia and America. I look forward to working with Senator Manchin and everyone else in the Senate to pass a strong reconciliation bill as well as a bipartisan infrastructure bill. Good for Bernie. Like, good for Bernie for calling him out and then putting the little bow on him at the end. I mean, like, I look forward to working with this mm. douchebag. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Been you doing know. this shit for 40 years, guys. Yeah. He is the, uh, I'm getting too old for this, and, and like, embodiment <laughs> of, the, of politics. He's making me feel like I'm too old for this, and all like, I'm doing is watching I feel it. like he should be turning to Danny Glover and being yeah, like, he's you believe this shit? Yelling, Riggs. I still got to knock these young shit. whippersnappers down. <laughs> yeah. Talking about a guy who's 67. <laughs> Oh, man, it's just the way he said specificity. He put such a bite on that. He is. Yeah. Uh, he's like because that's the that, that is the thing. Like Joe, Joe Manchin loves the nebulous area of the gray. I, I like, think I like to think of Bernie Sanders as like Frank Costanza, like like 100 <laughs> percent, just like angry old man, sick of all the bullshit. You want a piece of me? <laughs> like, uh yeah, I don't know. It, uh, that was his airing of grievances right there. It was. <laughs> that was the Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's... I, I have tr- trouble uh, because as I listen to Bernie Sanders, I'm just like, man, we really fucked up not giving you the reins in 2016. A, we could have averted the, all the Trump bullshit. And then, like, if even if Bernie would have failed... Like, we wouldn't be in as a shitty of a spot right now. I don't think there's any way Bernie would have lost to Trump. Oh, no, no, not at all. I really don't. Not in 2016. It's hard to tell, like, because Trump was so unpredictable, but it was such a close margin, and I do put a lot of stock in the fact that, like we saw with people weren't voting for Biden as much as they were voting against Trump. Right. A lot of people that voted for Trump just didn't want to vote for Hillary. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I do think Bernie would have been less, even with the socialist angle. It is amazing that he gets away with that if it, when other people wouldn't. Had it been Bernie versus Trump, you had two caricatures get like facing off, and it becomes who's more likable. Bernie's more likable. Yeah, like Bernie isn't a like. There's nobody out there. Like I don't believe. Maybe I'm wrong. But there's but even if people don't agree with Bernie or don't think they agree with Bernie, I don't think that there's a huge percentage of people that are like, yeah, and he's a fucking asshole. Like he's not an asshole. Like he's like I, like he's like the only I really he's believe crotchety. He's he's, but he's, he's also yeah. he's fed up. Yeah, <laughs> how old is he at yeah. this point? Like he he is the get off my lawn thing. But he's like, <laughs> but. Like go to a lawn that's fucking nicer. Yeah. Like I want to make sure the the new lawn is is taken care of for you. Yeah. Like I don't know. Um, it's so, like the the reverse get off my lawn. Like get on I'll, your own lawn. Like I guess that is get off yeah, my lawn. Like, still come to my lawn if you're a good person, but fuck off otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. And we're gonna make the fucking rich neighbor pay for this lawn. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and I'm like, and I'm cool with that. Like, fuck Elon. Elon can afford a neighborhood full of lawns. Fuck him. Uh, Plus, it drives his own property value up. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch paces. This this is the the same week um, in October, the first week of October. Kirsten Cinema is also making news because now we've heard Joe Manchin. He's gone through, like, we've listened to an interview. We kind of know where he doesn't stand anyway. Um, Kirsten Cinema is even more of an enigma in this because she's completely, like, staying out of media 100%. We know that she's still not a yes vote on the budget reconciliation. We know that if they can separate the two bills, she'll be a yes vote on the infrastructure. But other than that, we don't really know what the fuck is going on with Kirsten Cinema because she's just essentially like locked arms with Joe yeah, Manchin and really is know. letting him take the... Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even really know she existed, but like <laughs> what I know of her from this makes me feel like she is the, the vote count Karen. Oh, yeah. The... You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, she in blonde hair, glasses. Forget she, her name. She's almost. <laughs> she's almost like a. Um, if Lindsey Graham was more like cinema, like as far <laughs> as like ideological beliefs, he'd be more tolerable because she. I feel like she's the which way is the wind blowing kind of person as well, but she's not loud about it. Like Lindsey Graham is always in front of the fucking TV and she's just like, you know what? I'm safer if I don't fucking say shit. Like if I just let yeah. Manchin take all the blame. Usually safer. Every once in a while your lack of saying shit will uh, will lead to people following you in the bathroom and accosting you. Is that what this is about? Yeah. yeah. It's US Senator Kirsten Cinema confronted in a way that she probably never expected on her way to the ladies' room. Sit down, we want to talk to you real quick. Actually, I am heading out. As she heads into the bathroom on the campus of Arizona State University, she's followed right in. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. There, they wait and wait. Yep, they're still there when she comes out of the stall. Senator Cinema is calling the incident unacceptable. And so is President Biden. Senator Cinema last night was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line? I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. From the, <laughs> the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around. <laughs> you get chased into a bathroom? Happens to everybody? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's I love accurate. that shot is like, it doesn't happen to me anymore, <laughs> but it used to. Here's, the, here's what I think Biden was it's doing. It's inappropriate, but it happens to everybody. I think you, getting chased into a bathroom happens to everybody? <laughs> here, here's have what, I ever been chased into a bathroom? The way that I have I, fled into a bathroom. The way that I took that was Biden knows that he has to say, he has to kind of condemn it. No, those are not appropriate actions. But he's also kind of like, you're fucking off my my goddamn agenda. So, you know, it happens. You're on my shit list, so yeah, I can't. Normally, if you are a politician and you piss your constituency off, they're going to be mad at you. Yeah. And they're going to show it. Yeah. And if that means that they chase you into a bathroom. Here's my thing. I don't care. I mean, if like you, if I, you, I only if, have. I if have, you piss your constituency off so much that you get chased into a bathroom, it's kind of on you, right? Yeah. See, yeah. I don't. I don't have any sympathy for her. And it does. I don't. Yeah. My only thing is, I wish the people would have used the bathroom. So they, there is no argument. They could have made the <laughs> argument like, I wasn't chasing. I also had to use the bathroom. Nah, I still wanted to talk to you. She, What's inappropriate about that? You've seen the video though, right? I have. Like, there's multiple videos, and it, it's like. 
it's just two people in there filming the outside of the stall and yeah. shit. And like, That's why it is and really awkward and see, uncomfortable. Now, I would have had it planned better because they knew they were going to do this. I would have had the guy stand at the door and just keep the door open while filming. And I would have went, went in and started using the bathroom and just kept talking. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that would have made it way normal, more awkward. normal bathroom talk, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't feel bad for her. I don't care because at this point I'm like, look, it, it, you have the ability to make millions of people have a better life. So if you're inconvenienced by being trapped and being called out in a bathroom, that's one life that's getting fucked up. You're fucking up millions right now. I don't really care. Like, I sorry. I know that that's not the appropriate way of feeling. I know that that's not right. That's not the moral the high ground. But I also don't give a shit. Well, and her like, saying, like, I don't have time to talk. I'm headed out. Will, do you, will, you, will you ever have time to talk? We knocked on doors you, for you. Yeah, like, we've been will try- we ever get an answer? We've been trying no? to get you to fucking talk. Well, then we're doing yeah. this now. It's pretty clear that this is her constituency. These are the people that voted for her. Yeah. She has pissed them off. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. You are supposed to represent these people. You're yeah. not failing. Even, not even voted for you. If, they're, if what they say is true, worked for you. Like, donated their time. To try to get yeah. you elected. The small grassroots thing that the only reason anybody ever gets elected besides money. Yeah. So so does she get into describing what her reasoning is? Uh, we uh, we will get some in not this next clip, but the, the following clip, we, we will hear a few okay. of her concerns. Um, you're not going to like the list, I don't think. Um, no, probably not. But before that, she's got some she's got some political issues uh, to worry about in the future. Senator Kirsten Sinema is experiencing both the perks and the pitfalls of power today. Without her vote, the Biden agenda cannot pass the Senate. So the president has her on speed dial, and the White House keeps rewriting its social safety net plan to accommodate the senator's views. But, it's a big but, more and more liberals are losing patience with the Arizona Democrat. Sienna Manoraju in some new reporting puts it this way. Sinema is at the zenith of her influence in Washington, but how she has handled her growing power in the 50-50 Senate has also cost her something else, support from the left in Arizona, with progressives warning she is now at risk of becoming a political pariah and is potentially vulnerable in a 2024 Democratic primary battle. So, like, so the, be it. Uh, yeah, the Democrats are the Democrats oh, are fed like, up, and like now as a party, they're like, "Fuck it, let's primary her." But again, she's like, she's ruining shit. They can like, primary her in 2024. That's assuming they don't like. They got to worry about losing a, a midterm in a year. Yeah. And then that, you know, losing the it's presidency. It's too little too late at that and point. And by that point, how much is he, she raked in? And, like, she, some lobby group, some special interest group will give her a job. It's where every ex-senator ends up yep. with a cushy fucking job because now they have all the contacts and the inside information. They know how the baseball, like, yep. the sausage is made or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, I love to say that we can primary her, but it doesn't really matter. In the long run, no, she, like she that she's clearly not scared of that. She doesn't give a damn. She's done the calculation and realized she yeah. can make more than she, the ah fuck it. I'll go work for MSNBC how much as does a correspondent. A sen- how much does a fucking senator get paid? Uh, not nearly as much as they make in they they uh, like haven't stopped. They're, I mean, they're yeah. over six figures, but yeah, yeah. She'll be the next Claire McCaskill. She's a, she's a millionaire, right? Like yeah. hanging out on TV somewhere, doing the next Andrew Yang hanging out at CNN. Just like doing bullshit. Oh my god! Fucking stupid. Uh, is that so, where Claire McCaskill is now? Uh, she's at she... MSNBC. Oh god, that's even worse. <laughs> I'm so glad to watch MSNBC. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But that's where she is. That's what she's doing now. She's a. She's a. Uh, 
I don't know if they call her a correspondent or a contributor or something like that. I don't I don't know which term they use, but it's that she's they call a talk her once a month. She, yeah, she's a talking head. She'll show up on panels and shit. That's what she does. Um, so now I hope that someone that lost their election, like, well, you're clearly an expert. Um, yeah, what yeah. it takes to run this country. <laughs> no shit. Um, so now we're not going to hear it from Cinema's mouth because that would be outrageous. Um, but uh, CNN's Mana Raju is going to tell us what her concerns are, what her hangups are with the this infrastructure budget reconciliation battle. Now, some several key issues she has been concerned about. We've reported and you've talked about how uh, corporate taxes, individual income rate taxes, she has said that she is not going to move forward on that. That has forced Democrats to scramble for a new way to finance that package. But I've also learned through the reporting here, John, is that she has privately raised concerns about tuition-free community college. That is one reason why, a chief reason why, Joe Biden informed progressives this week that that issue will be dropped from the package because of the concerns she raised. She has also been concerned about a major provision to have allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices. She, along with some other moderates, have been concerned about that. That is likely not to make the final package as well. So there are a whole range of issues, the price tag from some of the provisions that have angered folks, but also the way she's handled it, not to, man, not to mention her opposition to changing the Senate filibuster rules. We've heard time and again Democrats calling for her, Joe Manchin, to change those. She's resisted that, saying she's not going to change the institution here, John. So a lot of concerns for her from the left. She's got power, but she could also have political problems. It sure sounds that way. Manoraj, appreciate the great new reporting. Let's so, I mean, essentially, like, all of her donors is is her hang-ups. Like, she, she doesn't want to tax the rich. She doesn't... Um, she doesn't want to expand certain programs. She like the healthcare industry is in her fucking pocket. The the pharmaceutical companies. The, there's actually an article. Yeah, she's got her three. Yeah, <laughs> um, like her student, three lobbyists. Student loans are behind her too, because they they don't want any free college. Yeah. Um. Here's an interesting article uh, from the New York Times. Um, as cinema resists budget bills, she is set to raise money from business from business groups that oppose it. Shockingly, this was September twenty seventh. Um, Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, the ins- inscrutable Democrat who may hold the key to passing her party's ambitious social policy and climate bill, is scheduled to have a fundraiser on Tuesday afternoon with five business lobbying groups, many of which fiercely oppose the bill. Under Ms. Cinema's political logo, the influential National Association of Wholesaler Distributors and the Grocers Pack, along with lobbyists for roofers and electrical contractors and a small business group called called S-Corp Political Action Committee, have invited association members to an undisclosed location on Tuesday afternoon for a 45... 45- for 45 minutes to write checks for between 1000 and 5800 uh, payable to Cinema for Arizona. The planned event comes during a make-or-break week for President Biden's agenda when House Democrats are trying to pass a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that Ms. Cinema helped negotiate and trying to nail down the details of a social policy and climate bill that could spend as much as $3.5 trillion over the next decade. Um, which, by the way, trillion over the next decade. Okay? Like, we've completely glossed glossed over that fact that we're talking about. It's not 3.5 right up front. No. Um, 
uh, just unbelievable. Cinema has said that she cannot support a bill that large and has privately told Senate Democratic colleagues that she is averse to the corporate and individual tax tax rate increases that both House and Senate tax writing committees had planned to use uh, to help pay for the measure. Um, in both positions, she is likely to f- to find a receptive audience at the fundraiser. The escort pack, for instance, has told its members the rate increases in the package that passed uh, the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, quote, would kneecap private companies, end quote, like theirs that make pay t- that pay taxes through the individual tax system, not the corporate tax system. Um so I mean, her her biggest issue is like these tax hikes on businesses. Um, it, she she it, thinks trickle down economics still works. I just think you have like. to have some fucking balls to be like holding up the agenda for whatever your fucking moral reasons are. Won't somebody but think st- of the poor rich people? Yeah, but still meeting with these billionaires and. Uh, and business lobbying groups with the intention that when you show up, they're going to donate to your fucking campaign. Mm -hmm. That's fucked. Like that is like right out in the open, just like thumbing your fucking nose at the American people. Like we know who's really voting for this and it ain't cinema. No, no, not at all. Um, And that, and this is probably why she's very quiet in the media because like, you, because if you come out and you have and you it have to answer questions when you say it out loud. Well, and if you have right? to have to answer like, questions, you're going to be answering the questions that people are obviously asking you about this. Because how are you going to fucking shit yeah. on a spending package? You don't have any conflict of interest when you're getting funded yeah. by the very people whose opinion you just happen to. Yeah, it it's complete bullshit. It, we are not the only people that think it's bullshit. People within her own. Uh, campaign structure agree with us. Now, the ongoing talks between the White House, progressives, and moderates have yielded a series of concessions, but no firm framework just yet. According to our friends over at Punchbowl News, Democrats have a new strategy, isolating Senator Kirsten Sinema. According to Punchbowl, they think it will be more productive to get West Virginia's Joe Manchin on board and, quote, then dare Sinema to block it. Now, Manchin has made demands on everything from the top line price to removing climate change initiatives. Here he was talking about the state of talks earlier today. Senator, President Biden has floated $1.9 trillion. Is that acceptable? Well, you? I'm saying negotiations are ongoing. I've been at 1.5, and I've been very upfront with everybody. And we're still talking to the White House, and we will continue to. Well, that's negotiating. Now, Cinema wasn't as talkative this morning, and she refused to answer questions posed by our own Ali Batali, who you see right there. But cinema is increasingly under pressure, even, it seems, from her own inner circle. The New York Times was first to report today that five veterans who advised cinema have resigned. In a letter, they wrote to her, quote, You have become one of the principal obstacles to progress, answering to big donors rather than to your own people. And we shouldn't have to buy representation from you. Fair enough. Like, yeah. yeah. When he says veterans, does he mean like veterans of the political world or I'm, it's unclear it's unclear it's unclear to me um i every time that i saw it written in a headline it was written as veterans so it could very well be like more veterans um they didn't say veteran staffers they right. say veterans who worked for 
hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I assume yeah. they were fine. I, I assume they. Yeah. Yeah. Because essentially, this bill is also going to help veterans. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with homelessness. Yeah. Yes. Which is one of the big pushes. Like the one of the biggest groups that are homeless are veterans. Which is, Fucked. I don't know that any other country can say that. Yeah. I I'm assuming only the shitty ones can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good barometer of how you're Jim's doing like, as a country. I just let my eyebrows talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that should be a pretty good barometer of how you're doing as a country, though. Like, how are the people who fought for your like safety and freedom treated? Yeah. After they did so, and if like we fail by that standard, almost on every well, fucking. Yeah. Test. They'd just rather use us as political pawns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll bring yeah. you guys up on on a on stage, stage during an election yeah. year, like nobody's business. Yep. Sit you next but, to Melania. Looks, yep. look, things are looking real nice, <laughs> and then send you off to the worst healthcare you will ever fucking experience. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's basically where we stand today with Kirsten Cinema. I've got a couple clips left, um, and. Uh, we're supposed to be getting to the end of this battle, right? It's like that's where you feel like you should be going. If you don't feel like we're working our way towards a resolution, there's a fucking reason for that. This is a weird episode for me because normally, like we kind of the clips follow a path, and you kind of you can feel the end coming. Uh, you can only feel that because I'm yeah. telling you that it's coming soon. Um, because we've got a few more clips left, but like. I don't feel a resolution. I like that. No. I don't. I'm not satisfied. We probably won't see one. Well, you want to get real mad? Uh, here's Joe Manchin a couple of days ago on October 27th, and the um, well, one yeah. one point two is not enough. Cornerstone of President Biden's entire legislative agenda is now on life support at very best. Sources tell NBC News paid family leave is likely to be dropped from the reconciliation bill as Democrats strip major planks of that package to strike a deal. According to our sources, it's because of opposition from this man, Senator Joe Manchin. The change would be a massive blow to the president and confirmation that he was unable to keep a key promise of his campaign. But some lawmakers, were told, are not giving up. At this hour, there is still no vote not even firm word of a deal on the social spending bill at all. CNBC's Elon Moy is live in Washington. How is this possible? Democrats talked consistently for weeks on end. Paid family leave. Paid family leave. You'll get it. Now it's apparently gone. Well, Chef, one of the biggest proponents of that proposal is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. She said it would be devastating if this got dropped from the final package, but she called reports of its demise premature. She told me today that she wants to speak directly to Senator Manchin to make her case. And another source says that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is also fighting to preserve this measure. And that is why the deadline for a deal keeps moving. Democrats are trying to nail down exactly where each member of their caucus stands because they are under enormous pressure from their base to get something done. There was a rally today on Capitol Hill where activists urge lawmakers to stay focused on their priorities, like childcare, like green jobs. They're upset that immigration isn't even part of these talks. But the two senators at the center of this puzzle remain the same, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, how does so I, like paid family leave is is his line in the sand? Which is weird for a guy who claims that he supports pre who, through K. Yeah, like, pre K. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that we're the only developed country in the world that doesn't have fit, any, yeah, any form yeah. of paid family leave. Yeah, yeah. 
we don't even have in a lot of situations. I just Excuse over me. the past two years, I've had two coworkers have babies, both female. They had, mind you, like I just said, they're the mothers. That yeah, just gave birth. Yeah, had to use short-term disability. Yeah, you, so yeah. they had they um, had to. I work with several pregnant women right now who are like, I, when I look at them, I'm like, why are you required to work? You are fucking like, not yeah. that you can't work if you want to, you shouldn't have to. Right. Uh, my wife yeah. had to use FMLA when with yeah. both of the kids, and that's unpaid leave. Like th- that's, that's even yeah, it's even worse. Like yeah. so, on yeah, top of how much my, does it cost to have was, a kid in, in a hospital? Like uh, 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 I, it depends. It really depends on your coverage. I don't know. Currently, where it sits with my wife's coverage, if if she were to have a baby at St. Luke's, it's like six hundred bucks and some change. If we go to Mercy, it, so would, it would be like two, was like it would be average. like two thousand three hundred. Well, okay. that de- it really depends on the insurance, yeah. right? Um, or maybe I was hearing uninsured. How much of a know. piece of shit though is Joe Manchin for for making sure that that no guy, maternity that, leave for you? Yeah. I, like, at the very end like, of this, I just want to ask Joe: like, you can keep hacking and hacking with a machete. At the end of this, who are you helping? We even if, yeah, no like, shit. Pa- well, pa- if you, paternity leave like for for the father, I'm not gonna draw a line in the sand for that one. Fine. You want to make me use vacation to stay at home with my newborn? That's cool. But you're going to, like, force my wife back to work? Yeah. Right. The mother of the newborn Here's the back thing. to work? Here's the thing, though. Like, I vehemently believe that as the father, we should also have oh, that time. Yeah. I'm 100%. not going to argue against you on that. Because. But but I'm not going to die on that hill. Yeah, I'm going to die on the hill of the mother's not getting any yeah, yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And um, I just like just come out and say like I, w- I would have so much more respect for Joe Manchin if he just came out and said like the only thing I'm comfortable with is roads and bridges, cut everything yeah, else because no like shit. we have wasted six fucking months of him being like cut this and then cut that. He is the worst editor in the world. Yeah, like you're trying to make a movie and he's like ah oh, man I love the script and then two weeks later he's like well can you change this and then you change that and by yeah. the end you're not even making in any the movie real world wrote. job he'd be fired we're yeah. talking about even if he cuts this it this is hollywood baby if so he <laughs> if he fucking cuts it down to 1.5 from 3.75 from 6 from 10 like we're talking about 10 years 1.7 trillion at, over 10 at, years well even even at the original 10 trillion over 10 years is a trillion dollars a year yeah and we just finally got out of a twenty-plus year war, dude. Right. We were spending over a trillion dollars a year on that on those wars. Like, yeah. what, what, what? Where did all the Come money on, go? Come on, man! Pay- all right. Something that is actually going to help Americans. Let's you're pre- you're going to say we can't pay for that? Let's pretend ten trillion is one trillion. You think we're still not going to spend that ten trillion? Because we fucking oh, are. Absolutely, we're going to have to. Yeah, like these problems aren't going to go gonna away. They're compounding. Ten, yeah, yeah, we're going to spend ten trillion in the next three years. Yeah, I don't know. This this is my last clip of the episode, um, and I just I'm I'm Bernie Sanders now, man. Like I'm just fucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. If fucking you couldn't done. tell by that last exchange, we all are. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm done. He praised the president for working on this deal 24-7. But Manchin did not sound sold on a new idea for paying for this package, and that is taxing billionaires on money they haven't even made yet. People in the stratosphere, rather than trying to penalize them, we ought to be pleased that this country is able to produce the wealth. I, I don't like the connotation that we're targeting different people. There's people that basically, they've contributed to society, they create a lot of jobs and invest a lot of money and give a lot to philanthropic uh, pursuits. Fuck off. They only, the same they line only give, they have been yeah. s- selling us 
We have a worse wealth disparity gap than fucking France did right before they started taking heads off. Yeah. Charles Charles fucking Koch is listed as a philanthropist. Yeah. Which also, is the biggest line of bullshit I've ever also, heard in my I mean, life. This yeah. is all proposing the idea that, like, well, the billionaires, they create jobs that then stimulate the economy. It's trickled, trickled down. down. It's we have it, yep. de- fucking debunked this so many times. When it, when it comes to billionaires making jobs for other people, Charles Koch is the absolute worst. Like, yeah, he makes jobs for them, but jobs that are going to kill them. Yeah. yeah, and he's not gonna pay a dime to their family, but yet he's listed as a philanthropist because he gives money to a charity. Yeah, just enough so that way he doesn't have to pay any fucking taxes. Right. Yeah. Shut up. Elon man. Musk can make thirty-five million or thirty-five billion in a day, and the average uh, what pay for his workforce is thirty-nine thousand a year. Yeah. They they like that is below the poverty line, and yeah. they work at one of the like best companies in the world. Fuck off. Yeah. He's stealing money from his employees. It's the only way to look at it that makes any fucking sense. I don't care what Grimes or whatever the fuck her name is says. Well, she's gone now, so. No, they're, uh, they're, no, they're still together. They're, it's a conscious uncoupling. They're, they're working the it out. It. Yeah. A, consci- yeah. a what? A conscious uncoupling is what <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow called it years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> they didn't want to say they broke up, so like, the, yeah. Yeah, Okay. She's she's the one who did vagina of this candle. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, sell me a vagina candle or something. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. My goodness. I don't know. The only person that is gonna buy a vagina candle is Quagmire. So, <laughs> so before I ask you the obvious question, um, you still feel the same as you did when we started this conversation. You still feel like the progressives should back down, to or or no. should or should compromise more for Joe Manchin. No. No. Not with what little is being asked. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of because it's all thought. just reasonable crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. it's not like we're saying ev- all energy has to be green energy. Right. We have to convert completely to socialism. Yeah. It's yeah. literally this is saying not we what need is being to start asked. working on this stuff, yeah. like social safety nets. We need to start rebuilding them because they're Make, getting, like our bridges, they're getting dangerously close to crumbling into the ocean. Yep. Make this country's quality our of life river, what whatever, it was for over. our grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even I, our parents. Yeah. Ironically, I, like, I, I oh would, my god, I would easily settle so, the, for the quality. So of what life you're my, saying, my Jim, parents have, yeah. is ironically we need to make have. America great again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But in the real way this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. But but actually, yeah. but like just in that we, the the standard of living for white men in the like needs to be replicated for all of us now. Right. Uh yeah. All right. Well, God forbid we all enjoy life. I'm, yeah. or at least like survive it. Like I don't even need to fucking enjoy it. Can I just fucking survive it without scraping? Yeah, like, we're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, right now, there's a lot of shit in our country that's impeding all three of those. Yeah, it's, and we're really, doing nothing about it. Nope. All just we have bitching. now is like life, uh, shrinking liberties, and like the pers- like the pursuit of survival. Yeah, it's pretty much what we're operating on. Yeah. Yeah, like your your pursuit of happiness is uh, going and participating in Squid Game. We're actually, we're actively would, trying to so figure out that, ways to tear this down. For the amount of money they offer, I totally do Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, I think we probably can lump them together. But Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, and Kirsten Cinema, where you want to put them? <sighs> They are absolutely frauds. There is no way around yeah, that. Yeah, there's one. no way around that. Um, I would say they easily make the traitor tier. Uh, also, yeah, I would. I would say that they definitely they they definitely skate past and that one. The fact that they can't give me a legitimate excuse and they skate around it leads me to believe they're just doing it for money and therefore are traitors or treasonous. 
treasonous. My, like they're betraying. I, I'm, I'm stuck uh, on definitions. What they and like believe in for money. What's our definition of traitor? Is it traitor to the country or traitor to the people? I think it can be either. I think though when you're, I think that if you're a traitor to, like if you're actively trying to hurt the ideals of America or what we have been sold that America is, then that is what gets you to the treasonous level. I think that when you... Well, I kind of feel they're there. When you call it... I kind of feel like they're at that point, that they're treasonous. If, you're go, if, you're, if you guys are both votes on treasonous, then that's, that's good with me. I could put them in either tier, because I could make the argument that they are most definitely traitors to Americans. They, they absolutely are in this for money, uh, so they hit the fraud. They're absolutely like they're more concerned about what about their donors and what's in their yeah, they're, they're pocket. in this for the money and they're not who they say they are. No. And but yeah, I mean, I can go all the way to treasonous because I think once you get to the point where like you've taken 10 to 6 to 3 to fucking 1, like do you literally only care about yourself? Yeah. You could not give a shit about this process. Don't fucking no, if you preach did, you would to just me. Say at the beginning that like we're going to yeah. one. Don't, don't like. Don't fucking preach to me about fucking bipartisanship when you guys when Democrats, Democrats, one party can't so, figure your own shit out. Like, I think you it's, know what they because they straight up don't care about the American people and they're actively working against them. They're treasonous. I, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Somebody said treasonous. I mean. I guess why not? All right, cool. Well, that's that's where I'm glad that we finally got to do this episode. I I know it's long, but I'm I'm glad we got to do this. I've wanted to do this episode for the last couple of weeks, and schedules got kind of mucked up, and so I'm glad that the three of us were able to get together to do this. And I'm sure that we will have more frustrations in the future uh, when it comes to whatever comes out of this battle, because it doesn't. Like I said, I unfortunately just doesn't feel like there's a resolution at the end of this. Um, so that will bring us to the end of another episode. Uh, we will be back, but before we go, Jim, can you please tell the listeners how they can find us? Sure can. We have a Facebook page, and we can be found on Twitter at Real Un-American, and also on our personal accounts at UnAmericanB, at Fevered Heart, and at American Actual J. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Franklin, can you please tell the listeners how they can support the show? Uh, you can like, uh, follow us, subscribe, share, and review. Episodes are available weekly. And, of course, our bonus content is available over at patreon.com forward slash unamerican. So go check that out. And, as always, we appreciate any and all support. We do very much. Thank you both, and thank you to our listeners. We will return next week. But before we go, a uh, quick reminder that uh, this list, which we're actually ending tonight, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to write something Holy up. Holy crap! Yeah, it's been end of an era. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Truly, um, we w- we will add to this list, and we will continue to have dishonorable mentions, I believe. But a reminder that these are the. Uh, fascists that voted against the certification of Biden's presidency. Um, they 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 were more concerned about politics and the love of Trump than they were about the institutions of the United States. Um, and so this we've already run through all of the House representatives. So we've got a few senators to add to the list. Um, so oh, and another quick reminder too before we leave: the new episode release dates are Tuesday, which means if you are a uh, patron. Patreon Patriot, then you can access episodes on Mondays. I know I sent out a tweet about that a couple weeks ago, but I just wanted to say it on the mic, and I forgot at the beginning of the show. So episodes released on Tuesdays, uh, early release on Mondays. These are our dishonorable mentions for the week. 
Ted Cruz of Texas, Josh Hawley of Missouri, Cindy Hyde-Smith of Ooh. Mississippi, uh, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, John Kennedy of Louisiana, Roger Marshall of Kansas, Rick Scott of Florida, and Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. And of course, Tommy Tuberville sounds tubes. fucking made up. Yeah, tubes. <laughs> he's he he is a piece of shit too. We should probably do one on him. Yeah, sometime. he is. I've, I he's he popped up enough oh, that I know dude, that he's an asshole. What a douchebag! Throw him in with Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. Like I had that written down so long ago that we need we need to get to Cawthorn. That <laughs> yeah. that dude's a real piece of shit. Um, and okay. Holly, who we just mentioned, our homeboy. Yeah, we. Yeah, I've got our, a. I've our got homeboy a, from a different state. I got a bunch on the list. <laughs> yeah, our brother right. from a different mother. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, with that, your responsibility, um, and privilege as our listeners, if you live in the states of those fools whose names I just read off, uh, please go out to the polls in the next election that they are, uh, that their seat is up for grabs, and vote against them and put them in a future unemployment line thanks un-american is a fever heart production it is hosted by brandon condick franklin everhart and jim hillman if you like the show please subscribe and leave a review contact us at unamericanpod at yahoo.com and be sure to support us on patreon for exclusive bonus content